Good quality content. Oh, yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. We got four hours to go, folks. Joe Biden, Donald Trump in studio. No notes. Yeah, that was funny. Are you hearing about Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did, of course. Oh, my God. Everyone's talking about it. Shit. That rocks. And no one has the right opinion on it. What's the right opinion? The right opinion is that it would be funny as fuck, so please let it happen. Of everyone's course. either no. Nah, everyone I've read's either been like, "Oh no, Joe Rogan's a fucking like transphobe, fucking oh alt right supporter Who who's yeah, somehow wanted to support keep Bernie Sanders." With these people online. <laughs> I'm not keeping company with them. You can't avoid it. I, I try to avoid it. You can't. Uh, and then the other side of it is like, no, Joe Rogan is like the most important broadcaster of our time, and he's the only one who's going to give them a proper debate. He's the only one who's going to challenge Biden. It's like, fuck off, will he challenge Biden? Yeah. Fuck off, will he challenge either of them? Well, my take was I would watch it because I want to see, I want to watch it, and I want the real stakes to be three camera set up, right? Biden, Trump, and then Joe Biden's hand holding a pencil on the voting ballot. Yeah. And just watch him <laughs> fill it in and then erase 10 minutes later as yeah, soon as the yeah. other guy starts talking. <laughs> yeah, they should do it like they do. I, I don't know if they have any shows like this in America, but they have these debate shows in the UK where they poll the audience on what they think at the beginning and mm-hmm. then poll them again at the end to see if any of their oh, yeah. minds have changed. <laughs> do that with Joe Rogan and Jamie. Like, let Jamie have his say too. <laughs> hey, Jamie, I mean, could you pull up the uh, fucking facts and figures for... Uh, 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 that's the thing. I mean, like, he is. I think he would admit himself. Like, what was he going to ask? <laughs> well, I think. I think his idea. You ever seen a gorilla? I mean, I, <laughs> here's the thing. A shaved one. Like, here's the thing. I don't. I mean, fucking obviously, ripped, I think. I think most people agree that debates are fucking stupid as shit. Like the presidential debates. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I. I guess. I guess his. I. I think. Well, we all know what his idea is. Is like he's going to get a ton of fucking clicks. But yeah. like. It's not like the worst idea to have a less moderated, less time constrained debate. I wouldn't mind that at all. But uh, Joe Rogan. Then again, I don't know if that's the I, dude. I don't know if Joe Rogan's the dude, and I don't know if these are the two candidates to do it. For <laughs> oh the first no, time. these are definitely the two <laughs> candidates to do it again for humor's sake, right? But yeah. not so much for productivity's sake. See, I mean, Jesus Christ, they would lose the plot in ten minutes with into we, that four-hour Should we explain in case someone for whatever reason doesn't know what we're talking about? That'd Joe Rogan put out an off an open offer on it. He did it on his podcast, right? Yeah, it was like, it I think it Twitter. was like in conversation with another yeah, guest. He, he said, said I, I am offering to host a debate, an yeah. informal debate between the two presidential candidates, Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And then Donald Trump, who I would imagine probably watches quite a lot of Joe Rogan in his free time, uh, responded, <laughs> no yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that Or whoever runs Donald. No, Donald Trump probably runs his own Twitter. Oh, yeah. I mean, pfft. But I, I, have, fire I think whoever that, is. I think that I think that Donald Jump Don, Donald Jump Donald J Trump. I think that Donald J, President Donald J Trump's uh, son Don Jr. Uh-huh. I think he's heavily involved in Trump's uh, Twitter. Oh, you think? Or in his social media outreach in general? Because I don't think Donald Trump knows about like Pepe's and. And all these things, like I don't think Donald Maybe. Trump himself knows about like the alt right and the internet spheres and all this, but I think his son does. His son is a poster, you know what I mean? Like his son is the guy who's out there on the Reddit boards and the, and the tweets on the front and lines the, on the forge. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's like I, how in I, olden days the king's imagine, son would go into yeah. battle while the king watched and. That's exactly what's happening here, except the battlefield is fucking 4chan. <laughs> I have to imagine 
that Don Trump, the Don Jr. kind of got in his dad's ear and was like, hey, you should say you want to do this. Because let's be honest. Let's be honest. Donald Trump would, in so insofar as you can win that, he would win. Because he's got him, more vim and vigor. I can he imagine was, him, well, going back to his son covertly ghostwriting his Twitter or whatever, I can imagine him taking some advice, but oh, no, I, don't I think can't imagine yeah. his son being like, you need to write China in all caps with lots of exclamation marks. Oh, no, marks. that's, no, no, no. Just I, do that. I'm saying, I'm saying that's how I think it got on Donald Trump's radar to begin with. Oh, his son? Yeah, yeah. quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah. But it would uh, be great. It, they, it would be violent, I think. Because they always ask him, like, dumbass meme questions, Donald Trump. I remember once, I always, this happened once, but always. <laughs> All the time, someone, the meme questions. Someone asked Donald Trump in a press conference, they were like, do you think Carol Baskin killed her husband? Uh-huh. And he was like, I don't know. I, I don't remember what he said, but he, they were like, oh, we were told to ask you that. And he goes, oh, that sounds like Don Jr. That sounds like Don Jr. puts you up to asking that. <laughs> so Don Jr. not ju- not only likes his Pepe's, he also loves his <laughs> middling Netflix normie <laughs> documentaries. Well, speaking of middling Netflix normie documentaries, there's yeah. one that just came out that's right up my alley. Or should be, anyway. Cuties? No. <laughs> oh, I'm not even going to get into that fucking shit. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Again, it's it's like with the Donald Trump thing. It's like no one's given, no one public, no one with much of a platform has given the correct answer, which is this is exactly what Netflix wanted. Right. It was that's what it seems like to me. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, obviously a poster like that with if you don't know, cues is some movie, some French movie that's been made vaguely about uh, you know child modeling, I guess, or like the pageant shows. Yeah, I, I I'm not totally sure. But I haven't read up on it because honestly, there's no need to. I'm sure the film is completely different than the marketing. But Netflix, yes. who presumably are handling the marketing, have made it look yeah a little bit fucking salacious, that we say. Well, what's weird about it is. Leading up to this, I was fully under the impression that this was a reality show or a documentary or something. Yeah, like about the like the dance industry. moms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. But it's a French coming of age picture. And yeah. when I learned that, I was like, oh, who gives a shit? It, also, it really seems like the marketing it doesn't reflect Fake. what the kind of move, what kind of movie it is. Whereas no, yeah. Dance Moms has actually yeah. similar. Someone pointed out it has really similar marketing. Yeah, but it's a reality show, which makes a little bit more sense. Yeah, if but you anyway, look at the, yeah, if you look at the French poster of Cuties, it's a very different type of poster. Than, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, that seems to me it's like Netflix are not known for having good taste in almost anything, especially promotion. So yeah, Netflix, the, they got to go, dude. The, it's, it's hit <laughs> a boiling point. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that brings us enough cues. I haven't seen it. It was mildly funny to read the conspiracy theorists going on about pedo sex cults. And apparently Netflix is part of that. Like, <laughs> yeah, don't why it would be. do me a favor. Get your fucking shoe off my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> don't want whatever you've been stepping in. Getting on my back when I go out and uh, damn it, do my rummaging. All right, sit here with my foot down on the ground. So the documentary that I was talking about is one that came out, I think, on over the weekend. It's called "The Social Dilemma." Oh yeah, who who posted who posted on on Instagram or Facebook being like, "Watch the Social Dilemma." Like, you know how people say, like, read bell hooks. It was like, watch this social dilemma. I wouldn't Inform know. yourself. 
I wouldn't know. I don't have Facebook or Instagram. Good for you. I'm ahead of them. You're missing out. <laughs> uh, what? So what is this? Is this exactly what I think it is? It's no, actually, probably not. Because it wasn't exactly what I thought it was either. First of all, I was thinking, okay, it's kind of like, you know, the Great Hack or one of those other things, the Cambridge Analytica one yeah, they did. Yes. It'll be something like that, uh, probably going over some well-worn points about social media is designed to be addictive and it's ruining relationships and it's causing depression and it's warping your perspectives and stuff like that. Uh, and it does do all of that. But also, it's technically a docudrama and it has some dramatization bits. So it has documentary, like the kind of normal talking heads that you see around this issue. I think it's kind of led by that guy who's a kind of Google refugee. He was he was apparently a design ethicist or something like that mm. at Google. And then he kind of took a stand and said, it's wrong what we're doing and stormed out and, uh, you know, took all his stock options with him, I'm yeah, sure. And, uh, <laughs> and now he uh, charges people to, uh, to give talks by the looks of it. But... So it's led by him, and then there's that other guy who... Have you seen this dreadlock guy who seems to pop up out of the floorboards every time someone wonders whether social media might not be such a great thing? Uh, The guy who designed the Animal Kingdom in Disney World, right? With the earring? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, there's this kind of like chubby George Martin looking his name's Jaron Lavier or something like that no, I don't I don't I'm this is not the I don't know this world very well he looks a bit like George R. R. Martin but with dreadlocks like really long <laughs> I dreadlocks. mean that sounds great he is kind of great yeah um apparently he's quite a respected fellow and he's, he's not wrong you know he has yeah. good good points to make about social media and stuff he worked he was pretty fundamental in Silicon Valley for various reasons he designed something that's very important I think he's one of the uh, credited with being one of the founders of VR he's like a pretty important dude but i'm sure brandon would know him uh but anyway yeah he turns up and all these people turn up giving the same kind of points that you would normally hear about social media it shouldn't be anything new to most people but fucking who knows maybe it is yeah i think people go on and they sort of assume that they're vaguely having their data collected or whatever but maybe they don't know the extent of it and how it's being used uh, against them in some way and deliberately making their lives worse in some ways all of that stuff's well known but fair enough put that out in a documentary whatever it's a little bit smug and self-satisfied but that's a netflix documentary for you no but what makes it different is that it keeps drifting from the documentary into of these dramatized scenes yeah. of an American, a normal American family. Well, what they call a normal American family. It's, okay. it's kind of, I honestly, I, I don't know what the setup is because they're, they have like a bunch of white children, but then the dad's black and the mom's not. And, the, like, the children don't really look related but they never explain any of that so right, I think you're right. meant to assume that there was like there's like you know step siblings going on okay. and stuff like that but you don't that's never explained fine a normal American family by all means uh, it goes into these fucking terrible like student film dramatizations of how social media is wrecking them how it's destroying fucking, their lives yes. And it does this in part by, I guess, the, the, the family member that they focus on the most is a teenage boy who's at school and, you know, he fancies a girl, but he doesn't have the balls to talk to her. And then it keeps drifting into these, like, numbskull slash inside-out type uh, sequences where they, they're like these little fantasy technicians in a, in a big booth sort of running the show. Inside his brain? Well, that's the confusing thing, because, yeah, like the numbers, it, it is played exactly like that, as if they were in his brain, but they're supposed to be the algorithms, the AI behind, uh, built into social media, which oh learns your God. learns your habits and your behavior and, and pushes things your way to make you do certain things. 
But yeah, it's presented like a little numbskull thing. Is this documentary for kids? No, it's for fully grown adults. Oh my god! <laughs> and it has that, and it keeps going back to it, and it's fucking ridiculous. I, I can't obviously, you know, it's I really a should start targeted taking ads, and he like pulls the lever. It literally is like he's sitting with his mate, and there's a girl there he has a crush on, and they're like, oh well, uh, uh, like make uh, make him know that she's just tagged him in a photo or something like that, and then that yeah. will trigger this response and at one point i think one of them one of the little numbskulls says something like wait do we ever wonder whether this is good for the person oh my fuck and the other God. two go no why would we wonder that or something to that effect yes. it's right i mean i was honestly at that point half paying attention so but <laughs> it is something like that something like that happens i mean i should take notes of specific lines of dialogue but um so that's great and that keeps happening the kind of weird numbskulls thing and then there's another bit where the mum um she's watching a commercial on tv whilst on her ipad of course right and in the commercial, it shows a, a cookie jar, one of those self-locking cookie jars that has a timer on it. Mm-hmm. So you put cookies in, and the idea is that you set a timer, and it won't unlock until a certain amount of time has gone past to stop you from overeating, right? Uh-huh. And she sees that, and then at dinner, every, you know, all her family members are on her phone, and she says, I've got a... Uh, well, I think they already had it. I think the daughter says, we have one of those, don't we, Mom? And she goes, yes, we do. And then cut to, <laughs> they're at dinner, and she brings it out and goes, I would like everyone to put their phones in this jar, and we're going to keep it in there until dinner. And they're all like, no! <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And the, But you know, she convinces them all to do it, and they instantly, as soon as they're all, all their phones are locked in this jar, they instantly ha- start having like almost heroin-like withdrawals. It's, it's like it's honestly a bit like Requiem for a Dream or something. With like, I just, I just want to check. I, I just, yeah. I heard it get a message. I just want to see oh, instantly. Fuck. And it, I mean, it's fucking stupid as it is, but it culminates with the youngest daughter uh, going up with a hammer and smashing the smashing the cookie jar open oh, to I get her phone back. Smashing her mom's smashing head, her mom's head. <laughs> like that kid with the PlayStation. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it that's how they thought uh, the scene should end and it's like a big horror moment where oh my god she's so addicted that she had to smash open this cookie jar and then <laughs> and that moves the plot forward because the son when she smashed the jar open what? his screen gets smashed and then his mom says if you can go without your phone for a week I'll buy you a new screen he's like no <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous and then it so you're, you're sort of trying to keep up with this terrible like family drama yeah <laughs> which is it's like one of those things they would show you know PSA type thing I was gonna say school. it sounds like it's uh, like Reefer like, Madness was, that's exactly what I was yeah. saying it sounds like millennial Reefer Madness it really is yeah. it's like Reefer Madness look I mean I'm fucking as anti-social media as anyone's likely to be I think but even I know like that's not quite what it's like, is it? Like it's not really the Take my phone within away, seconds, I rip your fucking throat out. <laughs> within seconds they're like violently angry because they don't But um Yeah, fair enough. I know what point it's trying to make, but it's like, yeah, it's not for kids, it's for adults. That so you should try harder, you know. Or just not have the fucking dramatizations that, like why do you need that to make your point? Because then you, it goes You gotta back, wonder, right? Because like, then it goes back and you got all these talking heads just explaining to you exactly I mean, some of them were involved in the creation of like Pinterest or uh, you know, they have Sean Parker, that fucking Napster dude, who oh, right. was pretty instrumental in Facebook, apparently, or so he says. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake from the mm-hmm. movie. And he's going, he's like, we knew what we were doing, but we did it anyway. 
I said, no, you didn't. You didn't know shit. Uh, you just a bunch learned, of dumb kids. You, learned, yeah. you just learned about P2P, and you were like, I'm going to do it. I think he was talking about Facebook specifically, not not uh, Napster there. but um, Also not true. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's cool to say in retrospect, like, I knew that I was going to revolutionize the world, or vice versa, depending <laughs> yeah. on which side of it you fell on. If you were, if you got out at the beginning, it's Dep- cool to depending be Depending like, on which documentarians they interviewing. They what yeah. they were yeah. doing. Yeah. But right. that's, I don't find that to be true. Yeah. No, so you have a whole bunch of that. And uh, I'll be honest, I didn't get to the ending. I wish I had, but I couldn't. I was just like, this is fucking dumb. I mean, again, it's, it's like the, we've talked about the Don't Fight With Cats documentary on here, right? <laughs> I sent you a picture from it the other day. Yes, <laughs> but we've talked about that on here before, right? So we don't need yeah, to go into all yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, we did. But yeah, like the, it's a problem with Netflix documentaries. I think in that they often make me, no matter what side of the argument I'm on. Like in this case, I'm very much on the side of yeah, social media probably isn't a force for good and probably should be. Uh, we should be careful with it. Yeah. Uh, and yet I watch this documentary and I'm almost sympathizing with the tech companies just because everyone's <laughs> kind of so. And it's the same well, it's with, like you said about with the Ep- Well, it's and- also like you said about the Epstein. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, an, that's another good Three example. Netflix documentaries. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, leave them alone. <laughs> no, no, I think that He's one almost. Right. I think that one almost deliberately kind of plays him as bad, but you know, not so bad. It's very. I think that's a very insidious documentary. The but, real um, bad guy in that movie is Trump. <laughs> well, that scene uh, was on Trump's don't get puppet me, strings don't get the me whole fucking, time. Don't get me fucking set on that documentary. But yeah. no, the better example I would say is the "Don't Fuck with Cats" one. It's like obviously I'm not on the side of the fucking Luca mad, Magnata. Yeah, the mad cat murdering. Chinese student murdering yeah. psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, I'm not on his side, but because of that documentary, I'm really not on the side of the fucking internet sleuths that claim to have taken him down. And did nothing. And did fuck all. Like, yeah, that's the best thing about them, is that at the end of the day, they really didn't do dick. Yeah, they really brushed past the main... The, the only reason they ever found out who it was is seemingly that he told them who he was. Under right, a fake exactly. name. Like they said, oh, and the, you know, so we did all this fucking sleuthing. And how and awesome we are we? And we this man in out, Siberia. We who figured did nothing out nothing. Wrong. Yeah, we. Oh, yeah, that's right. We uh, we harassed uh, someone who was a troll pretending to be yeah. him until he killed himself. And then um, one lady. And then like these two people that are actually getting interviewed, as opposed to the anonymous hordes of harassers. They're like, "Yep, we saw that that was not the guy, and we left the Facebook yeah, group." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sure, bro. Like you weren't right there." <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're fucking scum, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, that's the problem with these documentaries, and it's the same with this one. It's like, I'm not really on this. I mean, a couple of the talking heads are fine, but a lot of the, a lot of the tech guys. I said it. I said it to my wife. A lot of the tech guys who must be, given how they were instrumental in Google in the early 2000s or whatever, they must be into their late 30s by now. They still kind of look like teenagers. Have you ever noticed that? Wearing hoodies and all this. It's not just the way they dress. It's like they're. It's almost like they haven't quite grown physically in some way. Mm. I, it's hard to explain you. I'd have to not show enough sunlight, not enough vitamin it's D. It's something. Their it's skin like, isn't aging properly. Yeah, it was all the adrenochrome. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> it might be the adrenochrome actually. There's yeah. also one dude. I think it's the Pinterest Pinterest dude. He's like fucking ripped, and he yeah. wants you to know it. He's like wearing a very tight fitting t shirt. And who is uh, this now? I think he was like a CEO of Pinterest. <laughs> you, know. you gotta be. Yeah, the CEO you have to be Pinterest. To that, you gotta right? be a man. <laughs> but it was almost as I was looking at these shots of him, and it's like really symmetrical shots. And I was like, they've stretched this out. Like they, they've slightly <laughs> widened the shot uh, to make him look a bit buffer. I think. I don't know if that was at his behest or not, but I guarantee. Look at that. If you look in the background, they're like books on the shelves, and they're too wide. 
They're like a little too wide. See, that's what being an editor that's, will get no, you. That, you no, know no, it's no, little bitch. things. Like no, that. bitch. That's because he only reads big ass. He books. only reads fucking tomes. He only reads infinite jest, the corrections. Fucking like. No, let's be honest. It was copies of GQ that, but they're stretched out to look like to look like fucking Moby Dick. His fucking eyes are like two feet apart. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so anyway, no, I can't can't recommend that documentary. But you should get off social media. Give it a rest. I mean, I'll say this. I. Uh, I can't. I can't remember the last time I watched anything on Netflix to the point where I'm like, I should just cancel it. There's nothing you can get on Netflix that you can't really get anywhere else, like except for all the Netflix originals. But yeah, yeah, that shit all sucks. That's true. Name one good Netflix original anything. No, you're very right. It seems like the most critically acclaimed shit they got are like, it's like Orange is the New Black. It's like House cartoons of about cartoon animals, but they have student debt and depression or whatever the fuck is. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that Bojack Horseman or or the other one, the knockoff oh, Bojack one. and Horseman with the two with the broad horses? Oh no, they're birds. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fucking whatever. I actually like that artist too, uh, Lisa Hanawalt, who did the character design. She did she did comics before she did BoJack, and those mm-hmm. shits looked good. But of course, when you cartoonify something, it has to get really right. significantly simplified. Yeah, uh, I I think Prime is the only one that I if, if I had to delete everything else, I'd probably keep Prime just because it gives you the option of except for all the stuff that it has streaming for free and all the channels within it. You've, you also have if something's just not streamable anywhere then you can always buy it or rent it you know or torrent so, it well yeah you could do that if mm-hmm. you're fine with breaking the law <laughs> if, <laughs> if you're, you're just a, fine with it if you're a reckless boy yeah if you're you a know fuck it, nothing matters anymore I came in wearing a goddamn cowboy hat and a bandana he <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rode up on his hog yeah I rode up on my on my hog yeah fuck my dick have you never heard the term hog? For oh, like motorcycle? my motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> you meant I was right. I've heard it giant. referring to a fucking <laughs> motorcycle far more than a dick. You never heard that? Let me see your hog. You ever heard the movie Wild Hogs? You think that was That's wild, what it's wild about. dicks? <laughs> <laughs> They're all taking them out, running all over the place. Yeah. I don't know. Actually, there is a. Have you seen Wild Hogs? I mean, I know you the love John Travolta one. Is he, yeah, he is in it. Yeah. Uh, no, I've seen pictures of him from it. That was enough. It's a good movie. I, I saw it in theaters with my mom. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Wild penises. I, I don't know. She, You're like, hey, mom, let's go watch this movie about wild cock. I don't know if she was like, man, I love to laugh. But <laughs> my mom's not a humorous woman. But like, I don't know. For some reason, she wanted to go see wild hogs. <laughs> this looks like a good time. Yeah, this looks like a hoot. Yeah. And it was, uh, what is it? It's Tim Allen, uh, John Travolta, like you said. Uh, Robin Williams wasn't in it. He was in the other one. He was in Old Dogs, oh. which is the same director. <laughs> this director really has a that, that's his auteur move. One of the oldest. <laughs> one of the oldest fucking tweets I remember was someone saying, uh, "I'm really looking forward to his uh, Marxist third installment, Mere Cogs." <laughs> <laughs> that's good. But uh, but yeah, so it was. Um, See, Twitter can be a force for good. Yeah, change my God mind. damn it. <laughs> yeah, we want to go that mere cogs. Twitter Marxist doesn't show. I feel like Twitter doesn't really collect, does it? How could it? No, Twitter is so it's anonymous just bad for on your health. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just bad for your health, that one. Um, yeah. Although I did face docs on my Twitter, stupidly. What, you mean you put your face on it? Mm-hmm. Why? I had a funny video. Got it. Had to share it. Christ. Yeah. Had to get my one like. <laughs> It's sad. I'm so much more popular on my doxed profiles where people know that it's me. 
which makes me think maybe my content isn't actually that good. Maybe people just like me as a yeah, person. Maybe people are sympathetic. <laughs> when, when I get when I put my anonymous stuff out there, no one gives a shit. Oh, give him a chance. He's trying. <laughs> they know that I'm special needs, so they're like, <laughs> "Let's go easy on him. Let's yeah. hit the like button." Uh, but no, it was John Travolta. Tim Allen, those are like the two mains. Martin Lawrence, I think. And really? F- yeah. And oh. a fourth. I don't remember who. But it's, yeah, they're riding their motorcycles. They used to ride them when they were kids, and now they're together again to ride them when they're old fucks. Very similar, I think, to grown ups. Right. And um, the only thing I really remember about it is the person who shows Hog in it is, uh, uh, what's his name? John, John Travolta to a masseuse. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, look at this here. Hey, what if you were? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Sandy. What if you looked at my dick or something? <laughs> is that a good uh, John Travolta? It's not bad. There is a bit in Greece that is implied that that's what he's up to, right? Well, that whole Summer in Loving the, song. Oh, no, no. I mean, in the drive in where he's like trying to grab a tit. I don't remember that scene. What are you talking he about? Hogs Sandy's tit? In the yes. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. You don't remember that? No, I, I haven't like, seen that. He, he like puts his so arm long. around her and he like reaches down, and like honks it. She's like, eh, "Danny," but he already. He's like, "Oh, isn't it, isn't it implied that like before the like we pick up kind of in media res with their love affair, right?" Yeah, but they they just made out under the duck, according oh, to the I lyrics think they of did a lot. Well, no, because well, then she put later, up a fight. I am grease literate. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a funny bit. Did she put up a fight? <laughs> what a psychopathic fucking gang this is. But <laughs> as if that's expected. Uh, no, but later on, uh, don't they? The the um, Stockard Channing. What's her name? Rizzo accuses yeah. and in the song "Look at Me" and Sandra D accuses her of being lousy with virginity. Oh, but I won't think, go to bed till I'm legally wed. I don't know. Maybe, but I, I think what Stalker Channel was was really highlighting there is her fakeness and hypocrisy. Because I think she was playing the character that Sandra D projects, yeah. similar to Doris Day and but other really, ingenue types. Like but she's saying, cock. yeah, she's saying she's fake, unlike us. Okay, but I, because I really cause, don't cause see... she feels like because she feels like Sandra D is trying to be. By the way, my whole fucking life. And I'm going to actually ask you if you know. What does this line mean right here? Uh, Keep your filthy paws off my silky draws. Would you pull that crap with a net? Uh, the Mickey Mouse Club girl? Fuck. Or right. the, so is that, is that Mickey Mouse Club or yes, yes, whatever it yes. was? You're absolutely right. Annette yeah. Funicello. Yeah. yeah. The thing is, I've I heard that who- theory, but I've also heard a theory that because uh, someone else, uh, another point, uh, Kaniki, played by Jeff Conway of... Um, uh, what was that rehab show fame um, <laughs> I don't know the one with Dr. Rao's uh, intervention or whatever anyway okay. uh, yeah he, he mentions that someone has big tits but no one has jugs as big as Annette's they're talking about Annette Funicello yeah either they're talking about in that same instances. one or they're yeah. talking about yeah so this is supposedly a girl who was in the Mouseketeers or whatever the fuck yeah, it was yeah Mickey Mouse Club Mickey Mouse Club who developed Accidentally, yes. and uh, she she was she famously had big milkies. Like she, it was, it was uh, that was how they talked back. So very episode we talked about cuties, and now we're talking about <laughs> no, no, no. What? She was old. How she old was, was like she? I don't know. She was like an older teenager, I think. Oh, okay. But she got more. F- the thing is, is that like that was the whole thing about her is like 
she stuck around long enough to like develop. You know what I mean? Right. But where she got famous after the Mickey Mouse Club, it's kind of like a Hannah Montana thing mm-hmm. or like a Ariana Grande thing. Like she got her start on the Mickey Mouse Club where she got famous was it was Annette and uh, what's his name? Frankie Lyman. No and idea. they would do the beach blanket movies. So like beach bank, beach blanket Babylon. And it was all these dog shit beach party movies. And there was a whole bunch of them. And Annette was always the main girl in her bikini with her big. Yeah. Funicello's out. Oh, it's cool. Beach party Babylon's. Hollywood Babylon, if yeah. you will. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, no, I'm pretty greased loader. I actually had to watch uh, for work. Uh, they were trying to get us to reference a live musical. And so I had to watch some uh, clips from the Grease live musical that I think Warner Brothers did. Was it Warner Brothers How or was Fox? It? Who, any star, by the way, star, is it any stars casting? Uh, it's uh, the, the biggest one I can think of is Vanessa Hudgens, uh, who plays Rizzo. And it's Julianne Hoff, if you know her, playing Sandy. <laughs> yeah. What? And Ar- Ju- Aaron- wait, 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 wait. Julianne Hoff is from Dancing with the Stars. That's right. She's got to be about 40 years old. Why her, the fuck is she playing her, Sandra uh, D? Her and her creepy bro- brother, Derek. I used to see them. At, well, I used to go to Hollywood parties. I used I, to be. Uh, <laughs> I've heard this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I used to see them all the time there. They were at every single one, both of them. And they're Julianne creepy. Hoff is an old woman. I don't know. I don't think she's that old. I think she's at least 42. No. Nah, nah. Probably about 30. Still, too old to be playing 17-year-old Sandra D. Sorry, Olivia Newton-John was probably about 80-odd when she played her. (laughs) (laughs) John Travolta, likewise, you know. I mean, (laughs) let's think about it. Okay, so stunt cast, not stunt casting. Let's do our casting right now. The Grease Live television event. Uh, First up in line, we got to cast our Sandra D. Survey the the pop culture landscape. Who do you put in there right off the bat? Ooh. I mean, if I was doing it, yeah, I'm gonna go with the guy I, who plays Titus Andromedon in third in uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. I would probably just cast Olivia Newton John. <laughs> Again, present day. Oh fuck, that would be yeah. awesome. Present day She's and got, John Travolta. Why not? There's got to be something wrong with her, right? Like, is she like an anti-vaxxer or something? Uh, I think they're all a little bit. Only there's going to be some part of her contract where she has to break character for a solid five minutes <laughs> and address the audience about some well, pet issue of well, hers. We saw that music video that her and John oh, Travolta yeah, did. did. Yeah, and we discussed that, and that's a big laugh. But they actually also did a Grease reunion. Uh, performance at one point where i think they all did summer nights again it was fucking horrible that's nuts yeah i mean that's that's visible can if you either watch of them it. still sing no okay. i mean arguably john travolta never could that's and olivia newton john eh, yeah you know. i guess danny is like if i were gonna be i always think about this because i love musicals and i can't sing i'm always thinking to myself man I, I, w- I would love to be in a musical but i'd have to pick something where you don't have to do a lot of singing you could do it I think I could do Danny. You could do Danny, yeah. He doesn't think, have anything hard to I, say. That's a thing. I think, yeah. I, I think I could do Danny. I could do Danny. He has that one high note at the end of Summer Nights. Nice. Yeah, but but he sounds kind of like a cat being fucking... Yeah, and you can just kind of let the female vocalist... Like if I was like a Michaela Slezak or something, <laughs> like just let her kind of yeah. drown me out. So you kind of just put your hand over your mouth and... Yeah, yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd play an acting move on it somehow. Right, okay. And just let the other person handle it. But playing Danny in this live version was Aaron Tveit. Uh, T-V-E-I-T he is played, the last name. Yeah, I've, I've seen he, it play, he does a lot of musical theater, I guess. He, but he was Enjola in uh, Les Miserables, the recent one. Who? 
Angela, Angelas. Who the fuck? I'm is trying that? to say it. In the, you know the one who's not Eddie Redmayne, but the the like leader of the revolution. Oh yeah, the blonde guy cool. with the really like yeah, yeah, yeah kind of yeah. stupid face. The guy yeah. from the South Park movie. What? <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's a reference that if you know the South Park movie well, maybe you'll get. Uh, no, South Park, <laughs> that's like a total Les Mis parody. It is. Yeah, but that's when we're talking about the movie. That anyway, came out in 2012. <laughs> anyway, all right. that dude. Anyway, yeah. he's playing Danny. He's fucking gash at it. Sucks. Well, yeah. Absolutely sucks. Like, I, I do have a fondness for Grease. I Should love have done that Eddie movie. Redmayne. <laughs> <laughs> Summer, Summer, Summer days, yeah. drifting away. That wasn't even that. Wasn't Eddie Redmayne? Summer what does he do? He's got this crazy frog. Yeah, thing. he's got a frog yeah. in his throat always. It's so nuts. I think the frog possessed him when he was younger. He looks That's like one, one of the too. funniest. I mean, honestly, actually, salmon. you know what? I just, fresh salmon. I just, I just figured it out. Russell Crowe as uh, Rizzo. As Rizzo? Huh. <laughs> Look at me, I'm Sandra <laughs> D. Lousy with senility. <laughs> Won't go to bed until you. What's his band called? Three. You gotta work that <laughs> in there somewhere. The three, three toadies dog. in a hole or something <laughs> like that. Three dogs suffocating in a ditch. It's something. We, it's something yeah. stupid. Sixpence short of a tart or something like that. <laughs> Why do you remember that band? Short six, of a picnic. Do you remember that band? Sixpence none the richer. I do. Kiss me. Yeah. That's for the cover band right there. No. Oh yeah, I, I like that song a lot. They also did a cover of uh, Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. I don't know that one. You do. Mm, sing it for me. Hey now, hey now, don't oh, yeah, dream that's a- it's over. I never knew what the words to that song were. Well, what did you think? It- I just know that it went, hey uh, now, uh, hey uh, now. Yes, Don't Dream It's Over. over. It's like well, a, to be it's fair, a those aren't intuitive song. words in that order. Don't Dream Us Over? Don't Dream It's Over. Oh, I mean that's also stupid. Who would dream that something's over? Well, I dream if, that people if you are paid attention me. to the political. <laughs> co- if you paid attention to the uh, biting political commentary in the verses, oh, I see. You would understand that it's uh, it's, it's a hopeful gore. song, even though everything is a little bit apoc- apoc- uh, apocalyptic. Yeah, that's good stuff. In the paper today, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Oh, I read the news. There's a today. great cover of that song. I have no shame in admitting it. By um, Miley Cyrus and Ariana Grande. Together? Yeah, back at, uh, this is like seven or eight years Together ago. Together at last? <laughs> seven or eight years ago at uh, Miley Cyrus's house. I guess she used to film her doing covers in her backyard. Yeah, yeah, she's, uh, yeah. The I happy know. hippie thing. They I also did it I live like. in, they did it live in Manchester after, you know, that whole fucking incident. That was yeah. a pray for Manchester, pray for Ariana concert or whatever. She did a, um, yeah, I know, th- I know that, that backyard series what the hell is that it was good she just figured felt, felt like doing it i guess yeah but there's got to be like is it all part of like one documentary not that i know of as far as i know they just went out on youtube really so they released separately and everything yeah, we're like yeah. a full band hey i don't know maybe there's more to it than that but i, I came across that one and i was like actually you know what that's a fucking sick cover i like she does a she also does a backyard cover of uh, jolene by dolly Parton, that's right which yeah. is pretty good yeah couldn't can't go wrong no, but you can go wrong when you're trying to do Grease with Aaron's Vate. Mm. Ooh, he's fucking ass. What about sucks. Dolly Parton as Sandra D? <laughs> yeah, not bad. Not bad. Not a bad idea. All right. Well, that's our suggestions. If you ever want to do Grease again, I uh, I remember one time I I went to uh, Universal Studios and I got to tour 
the back lot. They don't let a lot of people do that. <laughs> I, I you to, mean you went on the studio yeah, to Brian? Yes. I got to tour the they back They even lot. took me to where they keep King Kong. <laughs> That's right. I saw Jaws. <laughs> I saw the shark. He was on set that day. <laughs> what if you're a guy, you're like, oh man, so I rode that Star Wars ride at Disneyland. And I think I got a special ride because I w- I know you're supposed to go to the forest moon of Endor, but on my track, <laughs> you get you got sidetracked. <laughs> and I know they say all the rides are different, so I assume everyone else just goes to Endor. <laughs> the elevator in this Tower of Terror ride was malfunctioning that day, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to. I never even got to see the Taiwan collection. <laughs> Anyhow. All right, so you got to Tour Universal, and I don't um, think they shot any of Greece there. I don't think it's, it's a Paramount No, movie. no, no. This was, uh, they turned every town U.S. set. Oh, no, that's the Warner Brothers one. Well, anyway, they turned okay. whatever their makeshift city set uh-huh. is into uh, Baltimore for the Hairspray live oh, musical. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And um, in the background, one of the shop, one of the, I guess, I mean, you know, it, one of the facades said uh, it was called Divine's Pet Food. Oh, that was a cute little <laughs> reference. Yeah, that's that actually a cute a, little nudge. Yeah, a reference to eating dog shit in a, Absolutely. In a live musical. That's nice. Well, they always, I, I feel like Hairspray always keeps to its John Waters roots. He had I've a cameo seen, in the movie. I've never seen a, a musical version of the movie. I mean, the, the remake or the Broadway oh. musical or the movie based on the Broadway musical, I guess. Yeah. Never seen any of those. Uh, well, I've only the, seen John Waters' movie. In the hit opening song, Good Morning Baltimore, one of the lines is, Good Morning Baltimore, there's the flasher who lives next door. And uh, in the movie version, they have uh, John Waters as the flasher. He flashes someone and yeah, kind of sure. walks by. A little cameo. All right, very A lot good. of fun. Very good. Yeah. Jerry Stiller's in it. <laughs> <laughs> the great Jerry Stiller. I'm all excited. <laughs> the late great Jerry Stiller. He's dead, isn't he? Yeah. When did he die? A couple weeks ago? A couple of years ago, I think. Mm. It's been a while. Mm. Anyway. Uh, Jerry Stiller is. I asked, I asked on the uh, the poor quality Slack. I've uh, lost Discord from this computer. So I, I was like, all right, I'll ask in the first place that I can find. Uh, for any recommendations of other live televised musicals, because it seems like there's a lot that could go very oh, wrong. It, which what did people say? I kind of like. Um, I think the consensus was that uh, Hairspray was all right. Jesus Christ Superstar, starring mm. John Legend as Jesus Christ, was mm. apparently good. Who plays? Uh, who's the bad guy in that? Herodotus? No, no, no. Herod? No, no. no. <laughs> Herod? Judas? Herod? I mean, Herod? Yeah, Herod, King Judas, Herod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the bad guy, right? Well, only for a bit of it, presumably at the beginning. He's got like a sweet, he's got like a sweet song. Uh, yeah, I don't enjoy. know. I, I, I've seen the the you know some kind of film, probably a seventies film of the original musical. And yeah, was it cool? No, I'm, yeah. eh, some of the music is actually not bad. For Andrew Lloyd Webber, it's not bad. Hey, he's good, dude. Eh, no, okay. uh, more often than not, I would agree with the consensus, which is that he's actually of a shit and should yeah. be dead. Yeah, but yeah, I um, think that's the consensus. If you poll the yeah. world on Andrew Lloyd Webber, they'll say, "Yep, he should be overwhelmingly hung, he should shit be hung from the rafters." Yeah. yeah, shit and should be dead. Yeah, yep. uh, I've been watching some Jesus films though, but you know, partly because yeah, my friend Aaron, yeah, yeah, my friend Aaron's got that podcast, and it's kind of made me go back to some of them. Uh, but I was like, oh, I haven't actually watched one in a while, and I'm like, they always kind of scare me. I can't eat while I'm watching them; it's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I can't watch. I, I can't. Watch Jesus or any kind of depiction of Catholic or Christian iconography uh, whilst eating. It like turns my stomach. Hmm. And when I drink, I'm not joking. I was trying to have a beer while I was watching um, 
the Gospel according to St. Matthew, the Pasolini one. And I mm. could swear that the beer started to taste like blood. Oh my god! <laughs> oh I got boy. some. I got something you're fucked going, up in my dude, head you're going about stir crazy up here, man. No, I've always been that way about religious stuff. Like, it just yeah. freaks me, something about it kind of freaks me out and uh, turns me off. But anyway, yeah, watched the Passion of Christ again for the first time in probably ten years. How was that? It's a fucking hoot. Hmm. Did you see that? Did it? I? No. I don't know anyone who's fucking seen it. No. It swept the nation, and I remember I was quite lucky to to be a British. A film fanatic who came out to on, on vacation for a week on Easter weekend in 2004 to Miami, and everyone there was going on about the fucking passion. That's where I saw it. I and remember fucking- <laughs> what I do remember about that is um, I was too young to see it in theaters, and I, as a smart young 15, 16 year old, or however old I was at the time, maybe even younger, I was all, maybe like 14. I was all. Oh, yeah, you were my age. Yeah, I was all. I was 13 going on 14, I think. There you go. So I was that age, and I was all pissy because I got turned away from the movie theater because they, they wouldn't let me in to see uh, the Amityville horror remake with, with I guess, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan Gosling. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, there you go. I think, yeah. yeah. And I, w- and I was on my MySpace that day or my live journal, and I was like, they, they let people in to see Passion of the Christ. They let children in to see Passion <laughs> of the Christ by the droves, and I'm not allowed to see the Amityville horror. <laughs> it's true. They let me in specifically mentioning, well, you're not old enough, but this movie is so profound that we don't do it. The fucking theater clerk said that to me. and I was There like, you go. Right. I had a good point. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And really... I mean, I was fine, but fucking kids should not be watching that Pretty shit. Pretty violent. It, it seems more violent to me now, somehow. Like, back then, it didn't really bother me so much, but... Uh, hang on, something really fucking strange has happened. Hmm. Your ear just went inside of itself. I've been doing that my whole life. But, uh, Max has recently had a haircut, and mm. um, now yeah, I can no see your see ears. ears <laughs> but something really grotesque just happened. Yeah, His ear disappeared life, into itself. Yeah. Oh, God, that's horrible. I can do it with both ears. Let's that's fucking... Ugh. I mean, not good podcast material, because no one can see it. But it feels oh great. My God, Sometimes that I looks... sleep with it, and I push it in all the way. He looks like that monster from The Goonies. I don't... Fuck you. I don't look like that monster from The Goonies. <laughs> well, he has those weird little ears like that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, what a horrible trick. That's nice. I, I've been sleeping like that my whole life. So those people, if I have a girlfriend, if I have a girlfriend for more than like six months, invariably I will make them push my ears in for me. Ugh. It's not a sexual thing. It's like comforting. Oh my lord! I used to sleep like that when I was a little kid. <laughs> so other kids would suck their thumb, and with me, they would be like, "He folds his ear into itself when he sleeps." If only that were a question on the autism quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Do you fold your ears? <laughs> Do you fold your ears to protect your eardrums while you're sleeping from any loud noises? I think if anything, I've only damaged my eardrums. But Probably I just is. like really the fucking sense, horrible. I've never I like that. the sense of fullness inside my ears, and I also, Ugh. but the fact that it's with skin makes me feel safe because it's nice and soft. You oh, know they what I mean? flop in there so easily yeah, as well. Gonna, oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, you notice my ears are kind of weird. You notice my ears are kind of weirdly shapen. You'll no, I, yours look fine to me, but then you do that, and it's fucking. You know, here's something else fucked up. Here, I'm going to put this on mic. What is that? I can crack my ears. Well, that's just fucking weird. You see, so right here. What are you cracking? Your lobes? It's right above my lobe. Oh. That little, like, circle of cartilage. Okay. I push it in, and then I let the top half of it back. And it... Well, that's fucking grim. (laughs) 
<laughs> Life is grim. So you know when you were young, I've never seen anyone do this as an adult. But you know when mm. you're young, you, you see people who can like fold their eyelid inside out. Yeah, I was never one of those. Those kids were fucking freaks. Yeah, I've never tried it. Why would? You, how freaks. do you figure out you can do that? Just like Ugh. idly playing with your eyelids. One I wonder day? how I figured out I can do that. I don't remember a time where I couldn't do. I'm like I said, I was apparently doing it when I was in daycare. That's fucking disturbing. Yeah, yeah, man. It's more disturbing than Passion of the Christ. Mm, I don't know about that. There's no bit in that where the soldiers, (laughs) the Romans, take a break from beating the shit out of him and just go, "Let's fold his fucking ears in now." (laughs) The ultimate, (laughs) the ultimate humiliation. (laughs) This guy looks like the thing from the Goonies now. (laughs) I would love it though because there's no historically Jesus is a little. No one really knows exactly what happened. Mm. Uh, I would love it if there were some way to conclusively look like for instance look back in time and see what actually happened and it turned out that the romans they did humiliate him but it was in really weird ways (laughs) (laughs) it was in ways that no gospel ever wrote about no historian ever considered but yeah just things you know like stuff putting sausages up his nose (laughs) (laughs) whatever when he was crucified they gave him walrus teeth with this french fries (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just stupid, like, yeah. hazing shit. Yeah. <laughs> Look, they, oh, they made him do the pickle challenge with his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever was writing the gospel said, just don't put that bit in. Don't, you don't just change it. You don't need to say that part. Right, it turns on. out there's, like, a whole sect of Christianity that, you know... I mean, there are all these weird sects the of Coptic Christianity. pickle gospels. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> they wear pickles around their neck. <laughs> With a bite taken out of it because yeah. he dropped it once. In a church somewhere <laughs> in a fucking chamber, there's a pickle that supposedly was the one that was up Christ's ass. <laughs> you heard that shit? That there are nails and bits of wood all over Europe claiming to be the nails from Christ's... Cross I got and, some in my house. Yeah. I'll let anyone who wants to see them. No, but they're, for, they're for real, like, charging yeah. admission to fucking see yeah. them. And it's like, no one has put two and two together and thought, how many fucking nails did they use to crucify him? Like, <laughs> Precisely. Well, I mean, I don't know. How many did it take to make a crucifix? Because you got to count those nails. Uh, oh, okay. Right. So, like and two? also, at the, at the time, who would care enough to collect that shit from, from the cross? Oh, no, 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 no. People gave a shit about him. No, not anyone who, according to the Gospels anyway, not really anyone who was at the crucifixion. It's only in the Gospel of John, I think. his disciples and shit? They fucked off. Of no. course, they were going to get, yes, they did. Hence, Peter denying him three times. They fucked off. They were worried they were going to get fucking banjaxed as well. Hey, you know what? A uh, uh, reasonable worry based on what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't look good. I actually hold on. I have to piss real quick, right, and then yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. But let's get back I've been to this. talking about this. Yeah, so fucking Christ. I've been talk. talking about this for a week. Christ chat. All right, we'll make this a feature. Christ chat. All right. Hi, this is Sean. I'm uh, just gonna put a little note in here from the future because uh, the discussion that's coming up. I said a lot of things. Uh, thinking that I was correct having recently read the Wikipedia page for Jesus and about the Gospels and then getting excited and looking on all kinds of websites, Quora.com and uh, basically I got my big nuts here and I think I know what I'm talking about but evidently I don't so there's a part where I mention a specific thing about Judas's fate, which I thought was from the Gospel of John, but it turns out I got confused, and it's actually from the Book of Acts. Uh, so you're about to hear me talk about how it's in the Gospel of John a whole bunch of times, but it's actually not. 
um, because I fucked it up and I really don't know that much about the Bible. I did read it when I was younger a fair few times and probably haven't touched it in about 10 years, but here I am thinking, uh, thinking I know what I'm on about when I'm really not. That's just one thing that I noticed that was wrong. I'm, I'm sure there are plenty of other things I've said that are wrong, but I'm sure there are plenty of things that other people have said about Jesus and that whole era that were wrong too. I'm sure there were plenty of things that Jesus said that were absolutely wrong. So really, I suppose what I'm saying is that I'm not that much different to Jesus. Okay. All right, Matt's just came back from his purse, thus completely ruining the momentum of our excellent Jesus no, I'm chat. Gonna, I'm gonna Christ put, chat. I'm going to put you right back up on the Christ chat. And put me right back up I on the cross. I have been... Uh, actually, I recently discovered, because as you know, I like to walk my 10,000 steps a day. And sure. I know, I know <laughs> that now. And, uh, you know, eventually you run out of come towns. You run out of red scares. You run out of... Uh, I mean, that was really the only podcast I can stand anymore. Stop fucking promoting those podcasts. (laughs) Seriously. They have enough promotion. They're some of the most popular Patreon podcasts ever. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, they don't need us to promote them. We need to promote ourselves. And we need to do that by talking about Jesus. Yes. Ooh, there we go. That would be a good new direction for the show. What I eventually found is that you don't have to listen to podcasts, baby. You can go on YouTube Pop listen it in your, to sermons. Pop it in your pocket and kind of <laughs> listen to sermons because there are so much. There's so many Google talks, uh, you know, debate shows, old debate. I was listening to Noam Chomsky talk about, um, you know, language or whatever the fuck, right? The difference in how the French language evolved, all this fun shit, right? And who I landed upon was Reza Aslan. Oh yeah, who who famously wrote the book Zealot. Mm-hmm. which he attempts a historical biography of Jesus. And he he says in this talk, which is just to promote the book, but it's an hour-long talk, and he basically says straight up, he's like, we know very little about yeah. Jesus. He said there's there's three things we know about him. One, he was a Jew. Two, he came, he came up with the idea of the kingdom of God, whatever that means, and different scholars debate what kingdom of God means exactly, but we know that right. was his thing. And three, we know he was crucified. Yeah. And what he says then is that the way they find out about Jesus, the way they, they surmise and, and kind of make inferences about Jesus, is that it just so happens that they know a ton about the time period Jesus lived in, right. and the place Jesus lived in, because the Romans were very, very good document keepers and record keepers. Yeah. So Although he, a lot of that was lost in the... Um, uh, what was it called? The, the rebellion, the Jewish revolt in um, about 100 years AD, I think. Oh, I don't know. But or three, maybe, might be even later. It might be like 380. Well, what he says is... That's what they say. A lot of those records were lost completely. Mm. What he says is this. He says, um, we know enough about Romans, like Roman society at that time that we know how much a bale of wheat cost uh-huh. at the time. You know what I mean? So he said, if we can just steep him in his time and place, we can make some probably pretty good guesses about roughly what his life was. Maybe. Um, do you know how much did, did they know how much a loaf and fish cost? Well, I mean, I'll bet the, I'll bet the fucking market got taken away by, uh, well, I bet yeah. it got really offset when this guy showed up producing it out of thin air. I I'll think tell that's you that why much. he got crucified. Really? Capitalism. Well, you know what he said? You know what he said? Jesus or Reza? Reza, oh, okay. Reza my boy Reza. Reza's Christ, if you will. Mm. He... Uh, <laughs> Come on. He, 
Um, Off you go. He said that um, it's a common misconception that uh, that crucifixion was just like a normal ass um, death penalty back then. Mm. He said it was a death penalty specifically reserved for whatever they called it when people spoke against the against Caesar. Um, sedition or whatever yeah and and so they said that so that was and they say well you know what people point to is well jesus was crucified next to two thieves and those weren't messiahs because that's a common misconception the word that is used in the gospels translates to bandit Uh bandit does not mean thief bandit was actually the common it can mean thief but bandit was common for messiah because there were tons of messiahs at the time of jesus like it was very common for jews to roll around saying i'm a messiah and all a messiah meant was i'm a direct descendant of king david and i'm here to restore uh you know the nine troops of israel or whatever the fuck nine kingdoms of israel that that was a very interesting talk that makes some sense i suppose i mean but again like he says there's not really that much known although i i thought the three things that we knew were that he was born in uh in Bethlehem, uh, that he was baptized by John the Baptist. Apparently, mm-hmm. that's for some reason. Uh, scholars agree that that probably happened. John the Baptist. I don't know why, they, yes, scholars agree that he was at least real. Uh, he does mention John the Baptist. He calls him his mentor. They thought he might be. They thought they might be related as well. Yeah, he uh, says that Jesus gets the kingdom of God idea from John the Baptist. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of reflected in the Gospels too. Mm-hmm. Um, is that Jesus goes to him, and I think in one of them, I can't remember which one, uh, John says to uh, John says to him, "Oh, it should be you baptizing me, not the other way around." Mm. But it's because uh, like they had similar teachings, I guess, and Jesus kind of gravitates towards him for that reason. But also, some people suggest they might be related. I mean, the thing is, we don't really fucking know the the, the Wikipedia page because really, that's about the depth of <laughs> research I've done. But the Wikipedia page for Jesus, it seems to be very. I don't know if someone went in, like a Christian scholar or a scientist went in yeah. and edited it at some point. But it seems to say like, oh no, he was for sure real, and most of it's true. Absolutely. It keeps saying that. <laughs> we keep saying that, but then it says, but we don't know this and we don't know that and we don't know that. And really, we don't really know this part either. And people dispute this part. And, you know, also, even just with common sense, it's like the Gospels contradict each other too. I mean, it, if it weren't for John, I would accept that. Like the Gospels more or less correlate with one another, the synoptic ones, but the Gospel of John is fucking weird. I mean, uh, there's, there's a great bit in Aaron's podcast where he talks about how in the Gospel of John, you, you know, uh, what happened to Judas after after he betrayed Christ? What did he do? I have no, I don't know what it says in any of the four oh, Gospels, seriously? what happened to Judas. Okay, well, the common idea is that he uh, filled, filled with remorse. Yeah, he killed himself. Yeah. Filled with remorse, he went and hung himself. Okay. Uh, it's disputed whether he uh, gave them, threw the money back at the Pharisees and uh, they bought a field with it. Which is one weird thing, okay, uh, they, and that became the field of blood. Or he took the money with him, and he bought a field. But in the Gospel of John, he takes the money, he buys a field, he goes to that field, and he explodes in it. <laughs> That's interesting. He just explodes, and it could be, I guess, a weird translation of that because no, yeah. th- there's also not that many sources for some of the the Greek that, that was used in the original 
writing, mm. I guess. So uh, they're not sure about some of the words and whether they yeah. mean what they say. But yeah, and if you were to read the King James Bible, an English version, it would say in the Gospel of John that Judas went forth into a field and fucking exploded. Well, um, it's apparently metaphorical. But even so, Actually, it's, it's Re- a funny image. Rez Aslan in this one-hour talk, and by the way, I ordered his book on Amazon. He sold a copy of his book in that talk to me. $3 used. <laughs> so I don't know if he's going to see anything from it. But, uh, I would imagine not. But uh, He's the one selling it. Yeah. Please. <laughs> Jesus. I've got to clear all these unsold copies out of my house. Three bucks. Um, but so I'll pay he, you to take it. So I may have more to add to Christ Chat some other day, but... Uh, he, he actually specifically addresses Luke. Uh, Luke? No, I'm sorry, John. John. He specifically John addresses is the weird one. John. The one that he came, says from a different, like, came from he, a different region. And... He kind of says it's it's shit. Uh, <laughs> but and, it's included, I mean, He doesn't say that. Those yeah. are not his words at all. He makes no judgment on it. But what he says that's interesting about it is you have Mark was the first one written, he says. Yeah. And he says Mark is like, you have the bones, but it doesn't have a lot of the good stuff that we commonly associate. A lot of that came in Matthew, supposedly. Matthew yeah. and Luke, which he said were written around the same time. And I think he said were actually written apart from each other, weirdly. Well, they were all written apart, but they assumed that they all came from the same rough source. Well, they, so Mark, Matthew, Mark and being the first, using, Matthew and Luke were using Mark. We're using Mark, source. but also this thing called Q-source, which is... Uh-oh. Yeah, it's QAnon. <laughs> he dates back, man. Uh, yeah, it's true, though. There's a, a supposedly another source that no one's found, which uh, explains the similarities between uh, Matthew and Luke, despite not being written at the same time, even. Hmm. Um, or yeah, within the same... Anywhere near each yeah. other, yeah. Uh, yes, the, they apparently think that there's yet another source, which uh, no one's found yet. Well, the one that he says that's the funniest thing about John, though is he says John, for whatever reason, takes away Jesus's Jewish identity and makes the Jews the villains of the of the whole gospel. Like he says, that's where that comes from. The idea of the Jews being the ones who killed Jesus, because in every other gospel, according to him, in every other gospel, it's the Romans and the Pharisees and all this. And in well, and then in John, according to him, I, I might have misunderstood him, but that's what it sounded like he was saying. Is I that, don't know what he said, but yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. It's not so much because in all the Gospels, and you know, quite likely in historical fact too, the the Pharisees were the ones who wanted him dead, and yeah. they but because they didn't, it was uh, ruled by Rome, by the Roman Empire, Judea at the time, they had to bring him to uh, Pontius Pilate, who was the you know the officiator at the time. Right. Um, but they were the ones who wanted them dead. Uh, so that is true in all of them. What's different in John, supposedly, is that when he's arrested at the Garden of Gethsemane, um, they say that in the Synoptic Gospels, the first three, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, mm-hmm. they um, they describe it as just being like a, a gang of either soldiers or like a kind of crowd that came and took him away. Mm-hmm. In John, I think it specifically says that a Jewish army came and took mm-hmm. him away. Uh, which apparently is historically inaccurate because the Jews wouldn't have been allowed to have their own private army. Uh, that wouldn't Sure, no, definitely gone. not. So, I mean, it explains, though, why Mel Gibson seems to favor the Gospel of John and the Passion of the Christ, though. Is that so? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things in the Passion of the Christ that only take place in John. And John's by far the more mystical one. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got the more the most mysticism in it. Like the, the other three are, you know, except for the occasional miracle, they're pretty straightforward. Like this is just a really good guy. Um, 
Whereas John definitely has a few bits. I mean, like I say, Judas falling over in a field and exploding out of remorse. Yeah. Pretty mystical. Yeah. Um, but I, he also yeah. said that Matthew and L- Luke, the, the two middle ones, right? Matthew and Luke. Yes. That's where you start. That's the first time you see a upbringing narrative. And it's also the first time you see a resurrection narrative, apparently. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe I'm misunderstanding. I but he said know. it's, a, I, I it's the first time. But what's funny is I you bring Mark up Bethlehem, and I remember yeah. a while ago I listened to a, a Yale lecture series about the New Testament, and I was confused by he talks about Bethlehem, and he says Bethlehem is this weird point of contention because it's pretty well agreed that Jesus was not born in. Bethlehem, but he was born in Nazareth. No, he which was is, from Nazareth. Is, I, he is, was raised there. Right. So I think in the, that in the, the, gospel the of, Gospels go different ways on Bethlehem or Nazareth. Well, in right? the Gospel of Matthew, I think he's born somewhere, and then uh, an angel comes to Joseph and says, Herod's going to fuck him up, so you've got to flee to Egypt. Okay. So they flee to Egypt for a while, and then they come back to, I would imagine, Nazareth, which was the bigger... Settlement. Although I, I think some people dispute whether Nazareth existed. Well, no, Reza Aslan says Nazareth definitely existed, but it was like a, a cow town. Like it had right. nobody in it. And what he said was that the reason they called Jesus the Nazarene in his time was because Jesus, which is um, it's translated from like Jesu or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Yeshua. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeshua, yeah. yeah. Uh, he says that was like a super mega common name. Yeah. But if you said the Nazarene, people would know exactly who you were talking about. It's the Nazarene. Were... Yeah. Well, okay. I know that because I listened to a lot of black metal albums when I was growing up. <laughs> One of which has the title, The Rape of the Bastard Nazarene. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. Akakaka is a great English man. You should listen to them. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's true. I, I heard somewhere. And, and again, again, this kind of proves that I think there's no real consensus on exactly what was going on up there. But yeah, I think some people say that Nazareth itself wasn't necessarily a place. Um, but what else was I going to say? I was going to say something. Well, I think, good. I think that certainly Reza Aslan would agree with you that it, the historical record is scant. Yeah, it's pretty and the sketchy. Best, the yeah. best thing they have is guesswork. Yeah. And, and also the fact that the gospels themselves were written, uh, decades, if not a hundred years after, I think, the, gos- I think the oldest one was written in 70 AD. Yeah. So we're going a long way. Uh, you know? Actually, I think it was a little sooner than that, but given the life expectancy of people at that time, it's mm. not it's like likely. two generations. Yeah, yeah. It's not likely that anyone who wrote any of that had met him or seen any of this for themselves. Definitely not. But uh, what apparently was quite common was that these stories would be passed on orally. A lot of people couldn't write or read in those times Mm -hmm. anyway, unless Mm -hmm. they were educated. So yeah, it was like an oral tradition to tell these stories. And then eventually someone goes, Hey, I can write. This is a cool story. And starts writing it down. Yeah. Like Br'er Rabbit. Sure. Anyway. uh, Yeah. Passion of the Christ is a fucking hoot though. Yeah. What goes on in that movie? Well, I don't know if you remember at the time. Like, were you uh, aware of movies at the time? Were you like keeping up with the news and stuff like that? Around? Oh yeah, there was a there was a South Park episode about it. There was yeah, all kinds yeah, of yeah, stuff. That was going that. On. Yeah, 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 those that. But you remember the uh, that was I think the first time that Mel Gibson properly got accused of anti-Semitism. Was it right around the same time? Well, he got accused. I thought of, it was a few years later. That's when he had his DUI arrest, oh, where he I starts see, yelling about that's the Jews. When Sugar Tits came out. Yeah, but the Passion of the Christ was when people started going, oh, this is a little dodgy, maybe. 
Uh, And I think it's partly because his dad was like a Catholic minister of an extremely odd sect of Catholicism. Real quick, I actually (laughs) have a story about this. Personal story. The personal story. Yes. They got me. As I've sometimes said, (laughs) I used to date a girl whose dad was a movie producer. Right. And he was apparently friends, personal friends with Mel Gibson. And she is Jewish. She's very Jewish. Been very Jewish. And uh, very connected to her faith and nationality, right? Whatever. So her dad gets a call from Mel Gibson right around the time The Passion comes out. And <laughs> Mel's like, hey, you're you're my Jewish friend. Do you, they're saying I'm anti-Semitic. Do you think the movie is anti-Semitic? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure the dad gave, her some, gave him some softball answer. Yeah. But apparently, I mean, apparently Mel Gibson was, I guess, concerned about the... He, I guess he didn't... I, he called his Jewish friends and asked, at the very least. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I can I can imagine that. Maybe yeah. for PR reasons, more than anything else. But no, I um, don't think this was. I don't think this was a, a noted phone call. I think this was just something no, that no. But just private. so then he could say, well, actually, it so happens. Oh, that I know, yeah, you know, and, old, I, and my uh, <laughs> my old ex's dad did not give him the good answer, so it never went to press. <laughs> Maybe something like that. You know, yeah. uh, I have no doubt in my mind that, especially given him his dad, it's probably likely that he's got a bit of that in him somewhere, even if he oh, doesn't sure, want to. Sure, sure. But uh, that's sort of besides the point. Like you're meant to look at the movie without really thinking too much about whether the director might have one agenda or the other. When I first saw the movie, uh, I knowing well about all the anti-Semitism accusations, I didn't think it was especially anti-Semitic. But watching it back now, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. It doesn't help that the crucifiers are rubbing pennies together. While I mean, they- <laughs> kind of quite literally. Uh, no, not not the crucifiers. The crucifiers are the Romans, which in this movie, in The Passion, are just... It's just black rid- people. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a few axes to grind. <laughs> yeah, they all look specifically yeah. like Hollywood well, movie producers who refuse to fund it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, no, they're, the Romans are all like these kind of brutes, you know, over-the-top yeah. fucking brutes. And yeah. uh, that's kind of ridiculous. I mean, to them, this would be a kind of perfunctory thing, you know, like flogging a prisoner and crucifying him. As far as I understand from everything I've read about crucifixion, which I've read a lot about because I'm scared of crucifixion, yeah. more it's going to happen to me. Uh, <laughs> but everything I've read about it makes it sound like they did thousands of these and really that they wanted to go home because the Romans had to, if they crucified someone, they had to sit at the foot of the cross until they died, which would take sometimes days. And Oof. and that's why they supposedly hastened it a little bit by sometimes breaking their legs or spearing mm-hmm. them or smoking them out. That's another one I heard about. They apparently light a fire at the foot of the cross so the smoke just goes yeah. up in these already suffering people's like, face. All right, so let's they, get this done with. So they suffocate. I'll yeah. go home. But the idea, so watching Mel Gibson's movie and his version of it where the Romans are just having way too much fun, like way <laughs> too much fun beating the absolute fuck out of Jesus. And another thing that uh, doesn't... Uh, uh, but, sorry, to go back to the anti-Semitism, yeah, it's a little fucking... Well, there's that scene the, the, where... The, 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 yeah. the problem with it in the Passion is because obviously Jesus and his disciples were all Jewish, yeah. but they look kind of American. You know, like they oh, look, they, yeah, they look yeah, a yeah. little bit more anglicized. They did give Jim Caviezel a kind of prosthetic nose, but... Oh, what if they gave all the crucifiers big prosthetic noses? <laughs> Again, not the crucifiers. The, the, the Sanhedrin. Oh, the guys, the right. Sanhedrin. The, the, the Pharisees who wanted him dead. Okay, sure. Uh, they're the ones who... It's a slight problem because they look 
Jewy as hell. Yeah. But the, I mean, again, historically, apparently all Jews would have worn headscarves and stuff like that. That was a common thing around then. Whereas all of the uh, Jesus and his disciples in those movies, they look a bit like, uh, you know, like the cast of one of those 60s beach movies. Oh, like uh, Annette Funicello and fucking Frankie Lyman. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, so that was one thing I noticed. I was like, okay, they're making a very clear distinction between the bad Jews and the good ones yeah. who weren't barely even going to acknowledge are Jewish. Yeah, yeah. There are some, there are some fucking dodgy things in it, and, and they got the Satan carrying this big baby around. I, well, there's that weird, weird. There's that weird scene where they're going to provide the uh, the Roman crucifiers with floggers and whips and stuff. So they use a coupon to buy two for one, and then they try to haggle down from that coupon. Yeah, very good. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to. Yeah, I'm just trying to. You know, keep the jokes flowing on this show. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, Popcorn we, we, buddies over here. Well, we could go back to the uh, you know the the pickle jokes. Christ pickle. No, I don't. I, that's going to affect my future job chances. I'm not. I don't want to spend <laughs> too much time on the pickle. <laughs> Just wondering how the Romans might have humiliated him. That was extra <laughs> extra canonical. Well, you know, uh, actually, well, you what, know, they crucify the prisoners naked, right? It's the loincloths they wear in all those images are probably not accurate. They would strip them down bare, and no, so they imagine do that. that's gay. No, that's true though. So Whoa. imagine if we were able to look back in history and see Christ, we're like, oh, finally, we get to see what he actually said on the uh-huh. cross. We get to see his suffering in person. <laughs> He's on the cross. The Romans are just laughing at his small penis. There's no. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm gonna say this on record. I'm gonna say this on record. There's no way he had a small one. He was a virgin, supposedly, until that death. doesn't matter. No. First of all, well, maybe he was, but I maybe don't that's why he didn't. <laughs> His I'm, real reason for being chased wasn't that he was, uh, you know, of God or divine in any way. It was that he was just, you know, embarrassed. No, no, dude, no, no, no. Opposite. Because no one would have listened to him if he had a small one. You know but do you I think mean? he was whipping it out while he was preaching? Of course. No, he was hiding it. Are you kidding me? Of course he was. <laughs> the Sermon on the Mount. He's yeah. fully erect the entire Blessed time. Blessed are the cheesemakers <laughs> and whatnot. And he's just hanging. Uh, the cheesemakers. Uh. Is that not it's how it goes? It's just impossible to think of that bit now without thinking of Life of Brian. Oh, I don't know that movie. Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> what do you want from me, bitch? You've never seen Life of Brian? <laughs> I haven't seen any Monty Python movies. Jesus. Except for... Um, well, the problem is is that you've accidentally... What I was trying to say is that you've accidentally quoted Life of Brian because he says, blessed are the peacemakers. But the joke in the movie, Life of Brian, is that they're standing so far back that they can't hear him properly. So they think he said, blessed are the cheesemakers. Are you serious? Yeah, it's not a real quote. Why would you say, blessed are the cheesemakers in ancient Judea? <laughs> Fuck, I must have The heard, word of God. I must have heard someone saying the parody and just thought it was real. Yeah. Oh fuck! I mean, it makes sense for you that you would God. say that was something that a good, pro- that a prophet of God would say. <laughs> Blessed are those who allow Cheez-Its to be produced at some point further down the line. Fuck! Oh man! Blessed are Ike and Mike. <laughs> I feel fucking stupid as shit now. <laughs> that was pretty dumb. Dude. I, I thought you were quoting Life of Brian. No, because... I thought that was the real. Oh God. Fuck. No, why would he say blessed are the I fucking cheesemakers? This is as dumb as Jesus like, Christ. 
Jesus Christ, our Lord, in in, fle- in human flesh. I don't know. Well, I mean, blessed are maker- the cheesemakers. Good for them. Because Jesus- do you think that's what the Sermon on the Mount was? Yes, because it was just cheese- him talking okay. about all the shit he liked. Here's my here's my rationale. Here's my rationale. Blessed is Red Scare. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Maxis Christ. Yeah, that's your blessed sermon on are the, the Mount. podcasters. <laughs> sermon on the fucking Arby's roof. Blessed yeah. is Lewis Carroll. <laughs> I I swear to God though i i because i assumed that it was like well cheese making that's a menial job so blessed are even the smallest and most insignificant of laborers to be quite honest i'm not sure if cheese would even be a popular thing back then probably I'm not, not sure i feel like that might be a slightly more modern invention i could be wrong there but it's oh, not as stupid boy. as thinking that jesus actually the said blessed are the cheesemakers huh? it's from the life of brian you should watch that movie it's a funny scene it's a good scene because it shows Jesus. Is that right at the beginning of the movie? It shows Jesus giving his sermon on the mount. Zooms out to all the people there. You get right to the back, and it's just Terry Jones playing Mary, his mother, just going, "Speak up!" <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's yeah. funny, yeah. And then everyone back there is kind of bickering about what you're saying, and they can't figure it out. Yeah, it's funny. That is funny. Sorry, not Mary, mother of Jesus, Mary, uh, mother Brian. Um, yeah. Well, this way. actually leads me to my next point. We're talking about all these gospels, these four gospels. But have you heard about the Coptic gospels? Oh yeah, they the recently fun. rediscovered Coptic gospels. Depends how recent. You, you know, mean, if but, you yeah. talk about it, Jesus actually refers to Mary Magdalene as his wife in the Coptic gospels. In the Gospel of and Mary Magdalene. Very, yeah. This is very <laughs> significant because the entire church patriarchy has been based on the fact that Jesus never married. If you're wondering why Max is suddenly talking in Australian accent, that's a reference to the podcast Mysterious Universe. Which? Which one? Which just did an episode about the Coptic Gospels this it week. It did, yeah. Yeah. I didn't listen to the whole thing because, as always, it was two hours too long. But I listened to about the first half hour. I used to be, I got really into that when I was in like high school. Uh, the idea that there were other ones, you know? Oh, I fuck. mean, that was. You just, hold on. You just blew my mind for a second because I thought you were going to say, I got really into Mysterious Universe. And I thought you were referring to like two weeks ago. And I've oh, since no, no, dropped no. off already. <laughs> no, no. I think it was actually my, my philosophy teacher in high school mentioned the idea that actually, well, have you heard of these things called the Dead Sea Scrolls? And stuff. Stuff yeah. like that, and I got really into. It. I've still got a copy of the Dead Sea Scrolls somewhere. Mm-hmm. It makes me look smart. I haven't read Hell, fucking yeah. half of it. It's boring as shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's real. I mean, like, I actually don't remember because again, one of these. It's the thing about Mysterious Universe is they're giving you a book report, and it sounded like the book's kind of main thesis. If I had listened to the whole episode, was that the Coptic Gospels were a hoax or a myth or something? Some of them, I think, are contested. Yeah, yeah, fan fiction. But then again, some people say that about John, and it's not hard to see that when you when you look at the differences. John does seem a bit like fanficy. No, no, no. I don't mean. I mean, obviously, none of the gospels are. Re- well, maybe I shouldn't say that. But I, I mean, well, it depends what you mean by real. I mean, but I, I guess what exist, I mean. I guess what I mean is. Um, oh, you, you thought like, it was a forgery? No, no, no. I thought that somebody willfully mistranslated, like somebody willfully misrepresented the findings in the Coptic Gospels oh, sure, to their probably. own scholarly ends. Quite probably, but then again, there's. I a thought lot that's of- what the I thought that's what the mysterious universe episode was about. Quite possibly, yeah. But, I didn't, but then again, I there's. Didn't uh, Did you listen to the episode? I listened to like twenty minutes of it. It's fucking boring. No, it was fine. The show I, is boring. It was fine. I just don't have that much time to listen to it. You know, it's but <laughs> dude, it's so long. 
Okay. Well, either way. Bigfoot doesn't appear once in that episode. Yeah. It's fucking pissed off. Well, they're running. I mean, they've been doing it for like, what, 12 <laughs> years? 12 years. Dude, two like, times a week. It's <laughs> fucking shit. Fuck. I don't think they're doing it two times a week anymore. It seems like with this latest season, they've been getting better about... Um, I think this season is the first oh. season I've seen where they like theme the episodes really like uh, in a way, whereas before it did feel like a radio show because it was like, well, what's paranormal this week? Are you going to talk about other podcasts again? All right. All right. Fine. Let's talk about Jesus. Fuck. Do you want me to talk about the Alan Patrick's podcast that just came out? Uh, that sounds good. Well, it is good, but you'd have to, <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to listen to it. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was having fun talking about Christ, but I don't have that much more to say. I is still it Steve Coogan doing it? Well, yeah. I didn't know if it was a someone like I'm enjoying like a fan podcast. Like, no, I'm going why would I give every- a shit about that? No, no, no. An actual <laughs> from Alan pa- from the carrots in character as Alan Partridge doing a podcast. That's so funny because I was just listening to Steve Coogan on like Conan's podcast or something not more than three months ago. Yeah. Saying that he was done with the Alan Partridge character. Oh, that's bullshit. I don't know. Maybe no, maybe no, I no, maybe no. I'm misremembering, but I feel like unless it was an old I, he said that a couple of times, but he keeps coming back to him. And right here should. Yeah. It is kinda of funny that Steve Coogan's relatively well known in the US. Like he's he's yeah. a name that if you mention to anyone, at least anyone with a kind of slight interest in movies yeah. and TV, they know his name, but most American people don't know anything about Alan Partridge, which is arguably right. his best and well, certainly longest running creation that's been going on for over twenty years now. I think I think I think for a lot of people, Alan Partridge, my uh, speaking purely for myself, I think a lot of us look at Alan Partridge and we're going, I, I can't I don't it's been going on for two. How am I ever supposed to catch up? That's eh, pretty easy. I Do I watch that. from the beginning? No. Do I go all the way back to the to the radio hour on the hour or whatever it on was the called? hour? Yeah, you got to go back yeah. there if you want to find the real originator. But uh, no, I mean, I, I could give you a pretty good like watch this first, then watch this, then watch this. The problem is, I don't think it translates that well to a U.S. audience. Not as well, anyway. There are just too many things you'd, you'd miss. You've said that before about things, though. And uh, I dude, think that, I mean, I'll say this: I'm sure that it's true that not everything comes through. I think a lot of it probably translates more than you think it does. Quite possibly. It's just so many references specifically to people who are moderately famous in England, but certainly never have no knowledge about them out here. Well, it's you like know. you say about Stuart Lee. Like, That's true. Like Shanzo, yeah. Shabazz Garland. There's nothing she loved more than Stuart Lee's uh, Tom O'Connor bit. Tom O'Connor yeah. bit. She doesn't know who the fuck Tom O'Connor is. Yeah, no, that's true. But that's yeah. formally like Stuart. I mean, that's stand up, and it's formally funny, regardless. Yeah. Of, it doesn't really require it. And if you get the idea, okay, well, that's someone who's yeah. a kind of moderately shit entertainer. I mean, he's on a cruise ship in the in the joke, right? In the routine. Yes. So, so you know that it's a kind of a yeah. Shit so that, that I think, and it's just one. Whereas Alan Partridge is constant, and it's a lot funnier if you do have some familiarity with the people he's talking about because yeah. he's basically a fictional one of those he's a fictional one of mm-hmm. those kind of like c-list celebrities in the uk that everyone knows so he has sort of celebrity friends but they're about the same tier as yeah. him you know well uh, i mean but, you're yeah. definitely i'll tell you this you're definitely right that it's funnier because thinking for myself knowing nothing about what you guys are doing over there in england <laughs> but uh like one of one of the funniest bits I laughed at that I probably truly only actually got about thirty percent of is the uh, car phone warehouse, yeah, bit 
I don't, know what, the, early. I don't yeah. know what the fuck the Carphone Warehouse is. I mean, you can figure it out, right? Exactly. You, yeah. you can figure out what it is. So I got that, but I'm sure that it's funnier if I've actually seen the commercials or whatever. Or if no, I, have I mean, some the joke there was the, the, the absurdity of a yes. phone store yes. having values. You know, yes. Oh, yeah. So that's, that's the joke that came across to me. But yeah. same thing with Russell Brand. Like... I happen to know who Russell Brand is. Russell Brand's is. really famous in the U.S. So right. No, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I happen to know who Russell Brand is, so it's funnier to me when he goes, ooh, there's right, been some yeah. bad... Re- if you I didn't know, picture, that it would be... And it, it would still be funny, because you would picture the inherent absurdity of somebody coming out and saying such a trite thing as there's been some bad racism. Yeah. But you, it no wouldn't mistake. be as funny. <laughs> but similarly, the way... It's probably a lot funnier to you when afterward he says, "Here's H from Steps." Yeah, I don't know. Who who I the, know personally. I don't know who the fuck that is. <laughs> yeah, I know him. Personally. I just got that. I'm like, okay, I guess that's a celebrity. I'll tell you something funny about H from Steps, right? Lay it on me. So Steps uh, was a boy girl group, one of those manufactured boy girl groups from like the nineties or something like that. Yeah. I'm sure there are plenty S of Club American S yeah. Club Seven. Yeah, very similar to that. In fact, they all knew each other. I think. Hmm. And H from Steps. Uh, was in the series of Big Brother, which had the racism going on and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But uh, his real name is Ian Watkins. Ian Uh-oh. H. Watkins. Uh-oh. And he's Welsh. <laughs> and he's a singer. Uh-oh. When, so when So when... Yeah, and uh, H. from Steps is like a very mild-mannered gay gentleman mm-hmm. who had a, nice a bit of a, had a bit of a career and now you yeah. know, he's sort of around. Uh yeah, when Ian Watkins of Lost Prophets fame, the singer from Lost Prophets, who had his mega lols, had his mega lols by the attempted rape of a one-year-old among like 150 other offenses of like oh feeding God. crack to babies and I all mean, kinds of shit. shit. One of the most evil people on earth, I mean, still alive. I mean, shit. Yeah, we've talked about that at least two times, and I never cease being it's, horrified. Go, by go that on his story. Wikipedia page; you would be amazed at how fucking evil that guy was. But the funniest thing is that you know, in the UK press, they hear, "Oh, Ian, Wat- the singer Ian Watkins has been accused of all this shit." Let's go on Google Images and find, <laughs> type in singer Ian Watkins. So all over the he he, he sued for it, but all over the press there were pictures of this peroxide blonde boy girl group guy's face ian watkins accused of raping a (laughs) one-year-old he he sued he got he got some money for it and quite rightly (laughs) i I don't recall i don't recall if i've told this before but i remember uh hearing a story about hang on i remember telling a story about um i remember hearing a story rather about there was a newspaper, and this this guy kind of... I don't remember what the show was, but... This guy was telling a story on a podcast about how the editor of a local newspaper was his ex-girlfriend's best friend. And he had recently probably cheated on, but at the very least broke up with his girlfriend. And the next day in the papers, there were two stories running. One was about... Local man arrested for child pedophilia. The other one was about local improv troupe entertains at hospital. Now, the local improv troupe being covered was this man, right? He was part of that local improv troupe. But either accidentally or oh, probably his, his intentionally, up right, in the middle right under child porn headline is a picture of this guy in a clown nose and wig doing a shrug. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's revenge right there. Yeah. 
That's pretty good stuff. That's good stuff, yeah. That's, I mean, H from Steph's is, I'm sure it's a lot worse for him yeah. being associated with the mega lols. It's not only that, it's that they have the same name. They're both relatively famous singers from the UK yeah, and from singers. Wales. Yeah. They're both Welsh. So, yeah, I can see where the mistake happened, but God, that's unfortunate, especially given the severity of the crime. <laughs> God, I mean, I, look, we talk about a lot of horrible things on this show. Do we? But there's a. Oh. Uh, maybe we just talk about him in private. But Ooh, like, we were talking about shoving sausages up Jesus' nose. No, not that. But like <laughs> we've talked about like Peter Scully, haven't we? Oh yeah, God, that fucking bastard. But dude, Peter Scully got nothing on Ian Watkins. Like, oh no, he does. Yeah, you're probably right. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Now that I'm thinking Peter about Scully, it, who Peter Scully, who I think has something like did something. He has like 26 <laughs> victims to his name. I guess you're right. And broadcast it on the internet for paying pedophiles around the world. I guess you're right. Kidnapped like 18 but months old. But in terms old. of yeah, the, come on. I guess what makes Ian Watkins so bad is the is the is is like the systematic approach to the yeah. whole thing. Well, where he was convincing fans to right. either get pregnant for him, like to, to give him babies yeah. or to give him, them, give him their babies they already had. Yeah, it's fucking But more sick, so dude. the lack of repentance. And not and it's not okay. <laughs> Less Scully, than a lack of repentance. He, he, yeah. he, the, 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 when we when we say what happened was the when when he was already sentenced, I think, or at least during the trial when it was all very apparent that yes, you did this and you are going to go to jail for fucking ever for doing this horrible shit. For real quick, He was recorded just in case people haven't heard all the episodes for trying to convince his already underage fans, not only he was fucking them. That's that's the least of what he did. He was also trying to convince them to have babies so that he could yeah. then sexually assault the babies and also yeah. get them addicted to crack. That was the weirdest thing. Is that yeah. Apparently, they kept talking about getting them addicted to crack to teach them the evil of nature and shit like that. I mean, yeah. fucking like insane really shit. Really fucked yeah. up. Yeah. But, so he was recorded uh, from a prison phoning one of his fans mm-hmm. and uh, describing, <laughs> describing the whole proceeds as mega lols. Yeah. Mega lols. Mega lols. It's all mega lols. <laughs> the idea, oh, they're Not kicking up all this, all this fuss. Yeah, the kid, yeah, it's just mega lols. It's yeah. just mega lols. Can't I mean, y'all take a joke? Christ, dude. Uh, and I, I check in on his Wikipedia every now and then just to find out how he's doing in yeah. jail. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty <laughs> fucking intense. And uh, when, uh, the most recent thing I saw was that he he had time added on to his sentence because he'd been trying to groom a fan from jail. He's still trying and to do it. probably succeeding. He's still... I mean, that's the fucking crazy thing, too. Yeah. I mean, you can say what you want about, like, oh, victim, you know, they, they Stockholm Syndrome or anything like that. Dude, there are some fucking weird girls out there. There are some fucking weird girls out there who are... <laughs> it's one thing to, like, get talked into banging someone who's too old, you know, or... Right. You're too young. That I can understand, like making mistakes like that. But getting pregnant to give them your baby to get them addicted to crack while it's a little beyond them, I mean, the pale, isn't it? There's no. <laughs> I, I cannot think of an explanation for that. Like, it's fucking bizarre. Good the whole God, thing is dude. bizarre. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking bleak. I hate thinking about it. It is that. bleak. But it is also funny. Because so, if you look at their fucking stupid music and their yeah. videos, and you think that fucking guy. Out of all the shit I listen to. It's almost as crazy as if H from Steps did it. It really is, yeah. <laughs> They're such like a soft cock fucking rock band. Yeah. But it was the same with um, that, 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 that Christian band uh, uh, from California, As I Lay Dying. Yeah, I remember them. And yeah, do you remember that the singer, he went to jail because he was trying to have his wife assassinated. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. 
I can't remember if he actually contacted a real hitman and got found out, or if he contacted a an undercover policeman uh, posing as a hitman. But, but as yeah, I, he, he as was I trying to get his wife. Is not as soft as no, Lost but they're Prophets, still compared right? to compared to other bands in their scene. They they were like the Christian ones who okay, you know, were a little uh, yeah, they know, were a little like hesitant. under oath. Like yeah, one of those. sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, were, they were definitely one of the softer ones in, in that regard. Well, that's the thing, is that it really teaches you that to make that type of music, you the people who best make that type of music are actual sociopaths. Because they're just like, oh, well, how do I... Let me calculate this out. What's well, the best thing that will appeal to 12-year-old girls that I can... <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, you gotta, you gotta think of I, mean, I mean, presume, totally assuming with no basis that Ian Watkins wrote any of them. He might have just been the singer. Maybe someone else in the band wrote everything. As far as I know, he wrote it. I mean, certainly people were looking at the lyrics... Uh, when they uh, when when that Standing all came out, rooftop, no, I mean that's innocuous sweet. enough. But yeah. there are a lot of lyrics where it's like, I know it's a lot to take, baby, but just try harder. And stuff. <laughs> Which I guess is reading into it a little bit with context, but still, yeah, you can't, of course, you, you got. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, I'll bet you. When knowing about the mega laws, if you go back and like listen to all the, oh albums, yeah, I'm sure there are some some hints oh, in there. Oh my god, I'll bet you you can find anything I'm, I'm a hammer looking for nails when i'm listening to that discography it's kind of like sure. when you know people used to play black sabbath and judas priest records backwards to yeah. try and find messages you play any lost prophet song backwards and he's just like i will fuck you baby <laughs> <laughs> they were back masking in yeah. like 2006 <laughs> no i mean dude, he's as close to the devil as i can think of man I mean, fucking oh Christ, god dude. i mean that's really i because i remember the music i liked when i was growing up you know like the norwegian black metal stuff stuff where you have like Varg. Varg and shit yeah who like burned some churches and eventually killed a guy i just got for red- selling out i but just got red pilled like, on that recently what do you mean you got red pilled on it <laughs> so, it didn't happen no <laughs> Varg I just himself call- he, he red pilled you he goes well let's find out <laughs> actually no this is not how it happened i've become so like internet brain poisoned that i literally just say red pilled to mean informed i learned something yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) but what i what i'm referring to specifically is uh jess you know jess she yeah she went and dropped knowledge on me about uh that whole thing oh yeah I mean, I knew everything already. That's all I course. told you about of it. Course yeah. I knew, yeah, of course I knew already. But it was funny to see it filtered through someone that... I mean, I know Jess, but someone that I wouldn't necessarily expect to know about, like, Varg. And all well, these. Why wouldn't she? She's into... She's into, she's into rock and everything. She some good music, yeah. Well, sure. But I guess what I mean is, like... I guess... No, I guess you're right. Because I don't think of Varg as a rock thing. I think of Varg as a internet thing. Because... Oh, no. Because... Because Come on, the way this all you, happened long before. No, but because the way you explained him to me, I always associate with him out oh, in the woods. Because I was going, talking to oh, it's the female. Yeah, because I was <laughs> I was talking to you about his YouTube channel after he got out from. That's prison. all I care about <laughs> is the YouTube channel. So right, to give context, if you don't know, and no, why would about you? It yeah, okay. Varg was a black metal musician in the early nineties Norwegian black metal scene. The, he was the a, band is called Burzum, right? It was just him, yeah. But so his project was called Burzum, but he also had a lot of affiliation with a band called Mayhem, who were kind of the leaders of that scene. Uh, Euronymous was the bassist for Mayhem and most of the songwriter as well, and he uh, uh, kind of ran the ship. And at some point, for various reasons, Varg decides that he's sold out and that he's uh, 
you know, he's he's ruining the good name of true Norwegian black metal. Varg had also done some church burnings at this time. And anyway, <laughs> he, uh, he goes and kills him. And in Norway, they have pretty lenient prison sentences. So even for a blatant first-degree murder, he only got 16 years total. And uh, he gets out from prison, and he starts becoming a YouTuber. He stopped doing music, uh, and he just became a YouTuber. And his he, he got pretty popular doing that. I don't know if it was because of his name already, but he had a... I can't remember how many subscribers. His channel's been deleted now, but... Um, he platformed. Yeah, he, he he was like along the same lines as those kind of like Sargon of Akkad type people. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. His channel was called Thulian Perspective, and it was fucking great. <laughs> it was fucking great because... Dumbest fucking... Well, names. yeah, because he was obsessed with... Like, even back in the, the days where he was uh, doing music, you know, he was obsessed with Lord of the Rings and fucking Norse mythology and stuff like that. And he wrote blogs which were like blatantly fucking racist and anti-Semitic. Of course, yeah. Uh, invoking, you know, kind of Norse lore and oh, mythology. Oh, Norse shit. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. But then he comes out and he... And, but instead, he's not specifically talking about like Norse stuff. It's not like a historical or right. even factual channel at all. It's, <laughs> it really is him just being like, oh, woman, getting a bit bitchy. Let's find out. <laughs> that's his catchphrase, right? Let's yeah. find out. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how he'd start everything. He'd like give a brief rundown of what the topic might be and then be like, let's find out. And then he had like his shitty Windows Movie Maker like title sequences. <laughs> the black text with the, the black background with the green text. Like the blue whatever. backgrounds and shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, blue, yeah. Fucking yeah. terrible shit. Uh, he, he had a bunch of special grade, though, where it's just like, you know, uh, I, I can't remember. What but he has a perspective comes up in chiller font. Quite literally. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it was like one of those, you know, italic fonts that look like shit when they're in yeah, all yeah, caps, but you put them in all caps anyway. Yeah, I mean, it was that kind of shit. No, it's I, I watched like a, do- a dozen of them at least. They were, they were fun. I mean, they're really bizarre and really kind of oddly dull as well. Can I ask you a question? Why is it that everyone from the like the neocons and like softy centrists like Jordan Peterson and and uh what's his nuts Ben, uh, ben Shapiro. Shapiro yeah they all love Bosom well every <laughs> dude Ben Shapiro is a huge <laughs> Bosom fan <laughs> Him I think that great sister listen to it together <laughs> but no no like everyone from them all the way out to like I think Bosom was the only true black metal <laughs> it was the only uh, Probably Colton Grimm and Frostbitten. He killed that other guy because he was a poser. (laughs) He was a poser, and he deserved what he got. What do you think about that, Robert? The month is over. We can talk, we can do our Jordan Peterson all we want. (laughs) See, Kyle. (laughs) But what I was going to say is, why is everyone on the right side of that spectrum obsessed with, like, antiquity? Yeah, they're I know what all you mean. obsessed with, and and not always, not always actual antiquity. No, like, like you Disney said, movies and shit. A lot yeah. of it is Tolkien esque, which is I was shocked to learn only a few years ago. Tolkien was writing in the 1960s, <laughs> like 50s, surely 50s, whatever. He was yeah. writing in the 20th century. Like his yeah. contemporaries were Dashiell Hammett and the guy who came up with Tarzan. Uh-huh. Like you know what I mean. And H.P. Lovecraft, ironically. A lot of people who write like they're from an older era were writing in that 20th century short fiction boom with the periodicals. Uh, Anyway, neither here nor there. What I was getting at, though, is like they're all like Sargon of Akkad. Like that, he named himself after 
like an ancient the group, fucking uh, oldest yeah. guy we know i mean not the oldest guy but like the <laughs> oldest king you know the akkadian yeah empire with the with the uh cuneiform and all that well in the case of sargon i think it's just he plays a bunch of video games like fucking... he named himself after a pre-greek era you know yeah. what i mean and then a lot of them they love like their seneca and their all these guys yeah. you know what i mean as well they should honestly nothing wrong with Greek it but stoicism it does... is great and roman stoicism yeah and you love your seneca i know you do and you're and marcus you're, aurelius and you're, and i was my... to say you're aurelius yeah that's yeah the this other guy. is really good stuff it stands the test of time is that his, is that his meditations was his apparently diary <laughs> yeah Imagine oh we should, uh, we should like the, i watched gladiator again recently we should talk about that in a second speaking real, of marcus aurelius real quick yeah you know, it's funny. You think about meditations being the guy's diary, and you're like, imagine keeping a fucking diary that intensive. <laughs> yeah. And um, you okay? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what I was gonna say. Oh, God, I Shit! Was, I thought he was about to vomit. No, it was. Matt so, just pulled the mic away from his face and looked very stern. It was such a good fucking for about point. five seconds. I was trying. Oh, what I was thinking of is. Um, Sassur, the guy who basically came up with semiotics as we know it, he his his book, his like flagship book, which is called like your boy would know. It's like notes on semiological. I don't know, but he came up with the whole idea of signs, signifier, signified, all of that. That was all Sassur. Okay, he that wasn't even he never wrote that book. That book was just comprised, and this is like the nineteen like the twentieth century. It was all comprised of his fucking, uh, his, what do they call them? Apostates. Students. His, his like. <laughs> think his about acolytes. I'm thinking of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it was all comprised of his students. Like, it was notes on his lectures. Right. And I'm like, that, that guy, that guy created a formative text uh-huh. and didn't even create it. That's how good he was. Just off the fucking cuff. Well, I remember... Socrates uh, never wrote anything either. We, we would get these in... The, yeah, no, that was all written down by... If uh, he was... If Socrates was real, which I'm still skeptical about. Oh, really? Are people doubting that? Well, it's just my theory with no research done into the issue whatsoever. <laughs> but probably it's, not real. It appears to me that Socrates is just a a character for dialogues meant to represent a certain side of oh, things. Possibly. I have no like, idea. It, it always, it I always, always assumed he was real. He always struck me as like a mythological figure because the only thing we ever know about him is from Plato. And Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> but, but then again, uh, there is a bust of him. Yeah, exactly. So he's probably real. Anyway, uh, there was... Um, we used to get these in England quite often where they'd find some like old uh, bit of parchment or something from... Uh, you know, someone from the past writing a letter or something like that. And I would always be amazed when we find like letters from prostitutes in Victorian England. So these would be people who are like pretty much the lowest of the lowest class who you wouldn't think had that much education, if much at all. And if Ow, they did, minge. those types. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, just given what we know about the time, it's, it's pretty unlikely that anyone of, of breeding would end up as a prostitute. I suppose it did happen, but yeah. um, either way, yeah, they found a, I remember a letter from a prostitute written to someone um, and it's incredibly well written. Oh, really? Astonishingly. Not, not not only the handwriting is very nice, but uh, yeah. the, just her use of language and her, her use of uh, vocabulary is far better than mine. 
far better than many good writers that I know now. Like <laughs> that's man, I've always been kind of fascinated by that. So we uh, was the know. level of literacy just higher back then? I, would I always wondered so. that myself. I mean, someone I, I pointed that out to someone, and they said, "Well, you know, back then they really didn't have that much else to do other than to read, and because that's probably how you become a good writer is to read a lot, right? That's probably the best way. Yeah, is internalizing language and you know structure and stuff like that. But either way. I, I often wonder about that myself because I mean, obviously, whereas we're, now we're, it's all just like megalols. <laughs> well, I mean, but there's the thing. Obviously, we're working from a a record, a historical record. You know what I mean? Which is written by the winners. So it's like, well, well I mean, in that of, case, it was just a letter that was found, and it that, was so that's very it was authentic. That's yeah. very interesting, right? That's that's what I mean. It's so recent like, enough to be, yeah. Well, now what what era was this? Victorian, so uh, right. probably 1890s. So that's what's crazy. So, like, the Victorian era was, and I've been kind of living in it for a minute now while I'm studying. You've been living in the Victorian? I oh, mean, I see. Right. While I'm studying Lewis Carroll. I thought you were like, about to talk about Brennan's VR again. <laughs> that's what I've been doing. I'm going around doing, like, Renaissance Fair, Victorian cosplaying. I'm playing Amnesia the Dot Descent in VR. <laughs> Is that a Victorian-themed game? Actually, I don't think it's in Victorian England, but close enough. It was the first reference I could pull. All right. Anyway, I um. So it is. It it seems to have been a time of like. I mean, obviously, I'm not the first person to say this, but I don't. I really didn't know shit about the Victorian era, other than like the most surface level aesthetic kind of traits. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess it was a time of like really big class disparity and contradiction yeah. right like yeah. you had it was they had the printing press and they had the industrial revolution so you had uh allegedly a huge increase in in literature and in print and everything this is where penny dreadful this is where yeah sure this is where literature becomes popular entertainment right where oh i think that happened a bit earlier in england well no i, I think like I know, the 1700s was full of it was full of literature, but it was. I think those things were. I think like when you're talking about like your Wordsworths no, no, and was, your Byrons, it was, it was and your popular Shelley's. literature. Like you know, Samuel, Samuel Johnson's dictionary was published around then, and I think it became quite. I don't popular. think they were popular. I think they were scholarly because I think when Possibly. when I say popular, I mean like the lower classes were doing it. Yeah, maybe because I think that like that's because like the Victorian era is when you see the Penny Dreadfuls. And things like that. And that, I think, was more popular entertainment. Well, it became, yeah, it became more serialized and stuff. And like we right. said before, like Charles Dickens. And so, he would and so Charles Dickens, who, yeah. by the way, I, I know you don't have Instagram, but every morning. Oh, he's I, on it now? Good. He's on there, finally. <laughs> he's posting uh, lewds. Uh, he's, uh, every morning, I wake up, I get on Instagram Live, and I read two chapters of Oliver Twist. I've been making my way through it. It's oh, great. Cool. It's amazing so far. I've never read a Charles Dickens book aside from Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. and it's fucking just as good as you would think. It's really amazing. Really some of the finest literature. I mean, I, well, there I, you go. I'm becoming red-pilled on 19th century literature. Like it's, <laughs> it's crazy how good that shit is. Yeah, I, I prefer the early 20th century actually. When it comes to English literature, anyway. So what's what are you like? Who we who are we talking? About? Well, I mean, I really like uh, like the you know the gothic horror stuff and the ghost sure. stories. Mm-hmm. And they, I mean, I guess there is a bit of a crossover with the end of the 19th century and the beginning of the 20th. But like you know, your M.R. James and your, uh, I think Lefanu was writing around then too. You know what's crazy about M.R. James? What I was walking. MR weren't initials. He was actually just called Mr. James. <laughs> I was walking. I'm not shitting you. 
just walking down the street one day and right there, smack dab, kind of torn apart like a dog had gotten to it in was the middle. Was James? Was M.R. James dead? <laughs> I said, help him. No, it was a book. It was collected ghost stories of M.R. James. Yeah, you should pick I it up. I still haven't... Cr- I did pick it up. It's on my shelf. I still haven't cracked it open. First I've ever heard of the guy. In, a, in North Hollywood that was found? Oh, next to the liquor store. That's fucking Right bizarre. by my house. And James. you've seen my neighborhood. Well, M.R. James is, you know, classic. Um, pretty much, if there is a criticism to uh, to make of him, it's the almost every story is kind of the same. It has the same right. premise of, which has now been adapted into, like, every ghost story ever, yeah. which is uh, rational, usually in his case an academic, because he himself was an academic, like, mm-hmm. Cambridge scholar, uh, being faced with something they can't explain. That's his whole premise for almost every story he does. Uh, but they're really good. And Charles Dickens did a few ghost stories, too. Have you ever read The Signalman? I just said I've only read A Christmas Carol. So, sorry, yeah. The first 70 it, pages of Oliver Twist. But that's a, it's a very short story. <laughs> okay, and, no. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what we're reading. Um, and uh, who's the other one? E.F. Benson is another great British mm. ghost story writer. I mean, we we are great at ghost stories. Like that, sure. that era, anyway. Sure. That era was amazing at ghost stories. And I would say that like most... Like the very late Victorian era, it yeah. sounds like. Yeah, crossing over into the early 20th century. Yeah. I mean, honestly, around the same time as Lovecraft as well. And then I guess before him, Poe was kind of doing it in America. But Sure. Yeah, uh, all of that stuff I love. I think that's like the golden era well, of Well, all of them, you know, who, you know who... And the, um, the finest... The fine... You know, ghost stories all come from... Well, I actually did a lecture on this once. Well, folklore? I mean, a lex- you know, a lecture for my own, for my friends. But I did a lecture <laughs> on this. And, uh, I rambled at people in Idle Hour yeah. until they left. Yeah. <laughs> I, did. I was like, yo, uh, Tara. <laughs> and she just, her eyes glazed over. Yeah. Uh, but no, so um, I did a lecture on this. It was... Uh, so the ghost story goes all the way back, as I'm sure you know. The ghost oh, story goes all the way back Jesus, to yeah. ancient Greece. Pliny, but bef- surely Pliny, before that. Well, yes. But like the one that's like most resembles a modern, the maybe first recorded ghost story that we know okay. of. goes back to ancient Greece. Pliny the Elder oh, yeah. tells a story about... It's Pliny, surely. Maybe it is Pliny. Yeah. I don't know. I know. But he, he tells a story about like <laughs> buying a house that turns out to be built on a burial ground and seeing ghosts in the courtyard, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but the ghost most most horror fiction as we know it uh, occurs in like you said right around the time you're talking about in terms of gothicism right yeah and, well I would mm. imagine it's because especially during the Middle Ages it wouldn't be seen as uh, appropriate or maybe even acceptable to talk about that kind of stuff in I mean, because it was a very religious time, you know. And well, I can, read, I can are... red pill you on this. The, oh, can you? So the go- the in the Middle Ages, they certainly they certainly loved their flights of fancy. Well, they had the, their own folklore, the, right? That's but... where you get their dragons, your chivalric romances, things sure, like that. yeah, right. And so this guy, uh, Henry Walpole, he writes this novel called The Castle of Otranto. He writes this in the early Romantic era, so we're talking 18th century, right? Mm-hmm. And his allegedly his experiment with it is, well, I want to marry the two romances because the 18th century in England is where you start seeing the romantic novel, which focuses. It's funny because we think of romanticism as like flights of fancy or whatever. But the original thing of romanticism was novels that are real. 
they're fucking realistic and they're intelligent and all this, right? Okay. So he said, well, I want to write, I want to marry the two romances. And so he started writing, he claimed, he falsely claimed that he was writing a novel in the romantic era that was a reinterpretation of an old ancient medieval myth called the Castle of Otranto that uh-huh. had all this supernatural shit in it. And that's where the term Gothic comes from because the Visigoths and the Gothic architecture and stuff like yeah. that is where that stuff originally took place. What, well, like Germania? Like uh, the, mm-hmm. what we would now call Germany? Well, I don't know. But the uh. like the Anglo folk and like the, the Beowulf folk, you know what I mean? Sure. The okay. castles, all that. That's yeah, where yeah. his stories okay. took place, right? The castles and the prophets and the curses and all this. And so he wrote this novel, Castle of Otranto. It was beloved until they found out that it wasn't actually an interpretation of an old gothic myth. And they said, this is bullshit fiction garbage. (laughs) I hate this. Fuck you. However, one person who respected him, who is probably should be credited much more than he was with like the invention of the gothic novel, was this woman named Anne Radcliffe, who wrote a ton of ghost stories. And her thing to sort of... uh, to sort of satiate the cultural wants of the time was she came up with the Scooby Doo, right? She came up with the I- <laughs> she came up with the idea. Like, of what Well, she- this is all well and good, but why don't we have a dog in it? <laughs> she came a up dog with who the- solves crimes. She came up with the idea of what she called the explained supernatural. So it would always be a ghost story throughout the whole thing, and then oh, at the right. end, it would be, oh, well, actually. Enlightenment <laughs> prevails. Christianity prevails. Yeah, whatever. so no in the end, it turns out it's just a heretic. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's no a good. gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. I got I to gotta get home. It's already, it's 11.20. Uh, it's 11 like 9. Oh, okay. It's yeah, 11. It's 9 o'clock. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Time flies when you're having a blast. All right, boys. All right, well, let's... that's the old, that's the triumphant return of the PQP. That was a good one. <laughs> you sound relieved. Solid stuff. <laughs> Solid snake. Yes, I've been getting into that. Whenever something's good, I say, "Hey, that solid. That was solid snake." What do you boys think? Right in. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, sound off. <laughs> All right. All right.